This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that would never, ever accept being substituted. <laughs> uh, horrible, horrible losing on penalties, always is. And the harsh truth is that with absolutely no shots on target in 120 minutes, Chelsea arguably had not done enough to win the Caribou Cup. But the second half and extra time, uh, extra time performance where they took it to City was a vast improvement against a team that had humiliated them a mere couple of, well, 6-0, just only a couple of weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, anyway, equally unexpected was Sarri's willingness to adapt to the opposition by selecting a team and using tactics uh, to uh, mitigate their threat. Now, add to that, bringing on Loftus-Cheek and Hudson-Odoi late in the game shows that he was actually trying to win it rather than bringing on a defender for a defender like he did against United. Arguably, this was Sarri's best day as Chelsea manager, in spite of the failure to win silverware. It was therefore a shame that all the positive headlines have been dominated by the very public insubordination of Kepa Arathabagala, who refused to come off when about to be substituted for Willy Caballero. Was it a genuine misunderstanding, as claimed in the post-match presser, or was it proof that Sarri holds no authority over the players? Or was something else going on? Whatever lies at the bottom of it, it certainly does not look good, and I, for one, have some sympathy for Chelsea's under-fire manager. The Chelsea fancast number 452, one small step. Now, uh, in the old days, it would be a very small step to reach over and say hello to Jonathan and Tony, but we're all doing it virtually now, so it's a bit difficult. But uh, Jonathan, how are you, old chum? I'm well, thanks. Okay. Uh, and Tony, no, how are you, mate? I was pretending, you see. I was giving the impression that I was a very long way away. Oh, right. Okay. I see. I get it now. Did yeah. it work? No, yeah. Work. No, not really. Uh, Tony Old Bean, how are you? Yes, I'm coming out of a tunnel of um, health issues, mate. And um, so, you know, for the first day today, spring in my step, proper one as well. Mm. Did an hour and a half walk, eight kilometres, 
uh, in the beautiful sunshine whilst working because I can, you know, I can do my work while I'm actually walking around a village. Such is technology, eh? Lovely. Does that mean yeah. you have conversations? Uh, then, I do. I have conversations both um, uh, via Skype and my Bluetooth headset, and it, you know, any calls into in, they, I, I usually listen to James O'Brien or have a bit of Bowie on or something like that, uh, and also I can I can type conversations i could sit on a park bench and just oh we'll have a quick im update message with such and such yeah it's very very good oh wonderful wonderful so you keep yep. fit while working good indeed excellent stuff right now on the show tonight uh, we discuss Keppergate. are you kepper in or are you kepper out or is it all just a storm and a teacup best forgotten uh, in part two we discuss a much improved performance from chelsea the drama of the penalties and ask uh, has sarri turned a corner by showing a willingness to adapt or is it all too little too late and in part three, we look back at the Europa Cup win against Malmo, look ahead to this week's crucial match against Spurs, and ask what the transfer ban will mean for Chelsea. And in part four, we have absolutely loads and loads of emails to read out. Uh, many of them, of course, talking all about Keppergate. You'll not be surprised to hear. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea-fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. You can also tweet at Chelsea Fancast during the show to tell us what you think about the games and anything else on Chelsea. And talking of the Mixler people, loads of you in tonight. Really good turnout. Very nice to see you all in there. Uh, F. Mary Kill, John Paul Guevara, John Chips, Chiverton, Kevin M., some bloke called Tony Glover, Andrew Self, Paul Burgess. There's loads of you. But I'm going to read this out because, you know, when I say post on the, on the Mixler chat page, this is what they do. They just basically talk to each other and comment on the stupid stuff we talk about. Sometimes, occasionally, they engage with us too, which is also very nice. But I've got this brilliant one, which I'm going to read out, which I never normally do at this stage of the show, but I can't resist this. It's from Siege Mentality 4 who may or may not still be in there, but he says, Hi all, I thought I'd drop in and say hi. Being from India, I'll be asleep when you go live. I'll be listening to the podcast tomorrow morning. Appreciate the great work. I've just started listening a couple of weeks back. Makes me feel closer to the club. As for the game itself, player manager Kepa got his tactics bang on. Unfortunately, he wasn't as good as a player. I suppose he was conflicted by the sight of Willie. Wish he had used his head. But I suppose blood was rushing through certain other parts of his body. Anyway, great performance otherwise. Onwards and upwards, up the chills. And I just have to say, I think that was fantastic. And that's why I read it out. So well done you. And I'm sorry you're not with us live. But uh, hopefully you'll enjoy the podcast tomorrow morning. Right, OK. We'll be on with all the football after this. Okay, so uh, Keppergate, Keppergate, Keppergate. We're going to kick off with that, really, because you know, because frankly, I'd like to get it out of the way, really. But uh, I mean, it was kind of really weird. I mean, we, I, 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 you know, I don't know where you were sitting, Jonathan, but I was right up uh, behind the goal, up in the gods. But even we could tell what was going on, and it was pretty clear that Kepper didn't want to go off. It was pretty clear he'd been injured. Uh, before, although we didn't realise it was cramp at the time because we thought it was his hamstring that was playing up again. Uh, and it was pretty clear to us that uh, 
that Sarri wanted to bring uh, Big Willie on, and it was pretty clear to us that he wanted to bring him on so he could put him on for the penalty shootout. So, you know, I mean, this is this is what gets me. They've come out with all this arse gravy about, you know, it was a misunderstanding and all the rest of it. But, you know, we were like ugh, miles away, and we could tell that that was going on. So... You know, do you think am, am I being a bit cynical and disingenuous, Jonathan, or, or were they are they really just saying it's a misunderstanding? Because it's quite mental what happened, really, isn't it? Well, um, I think he was being um, uh, infantile, um, and I think that he um, he was trying to. He, I think he thought he was being substituted for the injury. I don't think he was thinking of it as a tactical substitution. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think I don't think Kepper thought it was the tactical substitution. It was definitely, yeah, yeah definitely that. Yeah, and I thought a way past it would have been for Caballero just to have gone onto the pitch, but I suppose you can't do that, can he, until the other player has gone past the board. So it's up to the other player. So it's interesting. He through holding his ground there, he uh, he managed to. Um, to, to almost bring up a little legal point because it would have been, you know, if it was a, a, a school match, the, the goalkeeper would have run on the pitch and he would have just been, you know, the, the master would have escorted him off. Um, um, but, um, uh, yeah, so Caballero would just have crossed, you know, crossed with him on the pitch, as it were. Um, it, it, it was on reflection, it was a ridiculous mistake for him not to come off because um, Caballero is a, uh, is a well-known penalty expert and I think the the vision of having their ex-player standing in front of them um, about to save the penalties would have been a fantastic ploy. So I actually think it's exactly what should have happened. And we were all talking about it from where we were saying it should happen, particularly since he's just been injured. Um, and some people on Facebook were saying, well, no, it wasn't happening because he hadn't, he, Caballero hadn't warmed up. Well, Caballero had been warming up madly since the supposed injury because they weren't sure what it was either. And it was obviously cramped because Kepper then spent most of the penalty shootout flexing his leg. And, uh, and unfortunately, the Aguero shot was so feeble that it gave the impression that he, uh, he was probably injured. I know he did a good save and we were, it was down to us not having scored the other two because of uh, Jorginho's madness. And, uh, and poor old Luis is hitting the ball in exactly the same place he always hits it. Tactically, you might have actually thought, hmm, I think Kepa, Kepa. What did I say? I don't know. You, you were going off somewhere. I'm not quite sure where. Kepa. No, I was, you know, you're bringing me back. No, but I, I'm, I'm, it's, still, it's still all folding itself back in here because um, I was thinking of the consequences of Kepa not mm. having uh, made the right decision. And, um, uh, and I think that the fact that um, the manager, Sarri, attempted to leave the building which was uh, what we discovered when we watched him going down the tunnel, was he felt that he was being completely undermined by the situation. And, and Jonathan, I, I totally agree with you. I think he was, you know. I mean, yeah. I'll ask Tony in a minute whether Kepper was being passionate or whether he was insubordinate. But from my own view, I mean, I like Kepper a lot and I can understand what was going on for him. But I'm sorry, you cannot do that. You just completely undermine the manager's authority. You know, if he wants you off, you go off. You don't sit there going, no, I'm not coming off. It's absolutely but I, bonkers. I thought it spoke volumes about um, the, perhaps the way that Sarri is uh, well, yeah. to the players, actually. I think you've got a good point there. I, I'm going to delve into that in a minute, but I, I'm, I'm yeah. inclined to agree with you on that. Um, you know, Tony, uh, Sarri's... Well, let's, let's talk about Sarri's uh, reaction to it later. I just want to get from you whether you mm. thought Kepa was just being passionate 
and I mean, showing a bit of fight and desire to stay on because he thought he's being taken off because he's being injured, or whatever the reason he thought he should stay on. It was just downright bloody insubordinate. Um, it was both, wasn't it? Um, mm. But I'm seeing ridiculous things on Twitter and elsewhere that you know he should be sold. Uh, he should never play for Chelsea again. He should be not play for Chelsea again this season. The bloke's 24. If you say to him you're not playing for Chelsea again this season, that's akin to giving somebody a 10-stretch because they ignored a keep-off-the-grass sign. Get things into perspective. Or, or keep he on got, the grass in this case. Well, but he got it, he got it wrong. Listen, um, you, you, you'll have watched players lots of times wave to the bench and say, no, 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 I'm fine. You, you've seen that loads of times. Okay, just as the sub's getting warmed up. No, 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 I'm fine to carry on. Okay. Um, and I think it was... I, I'm literally thinking six of one half a dozen other. Kepper, yes, should go. Not only because it's not about the injury, it may have been a tactical substitution because maybe they thought Caballero would be better at the penalty shootout. But also because it's disrespected Caballero. He's standing there ready to go on. He ends up looking at his feet because he doesn't know what to do. Um uh, a complete abrogation of duty by everybody around um, uh, uh, on the pitch, apart from Louise. Okay, a complete abrogation of duty from everybody on the bench. Not one of them were backing Sarri up, um, and then to flounce off doing Elton John walking down the tunnel. I'm throwing me, you know tantrums and tiaras um, until he got to the big door and realised what an absolute burk he looked at that point. My granddaughter doesn't even have paddies like that. Turns around, comes back all sheepish. And then for the club, they must have been right in that misunderstanding load of old bollocks. Steve Atkins must have been writing that out there. And then this is how we're going to pull this one through. Um, now, did I enjoy it? Yes, because it's Hollywood, isn't it? <laughs> it's absolute Hollywood, isn't it? It's That's Chelsea. And that was, that, you know what that reminded me of? Drogba shouting into a camera, it's a disgrace, it's a disgrace. It's players losing their rag because things have not quite gone their way or whatever. And it's about bloody time. So I'm going to say, yes, it was passionate. Yes, it was insubordinate. But uh, I think when you show passion and it comes out as insubordination, rather than just as a pure sulk or whatever, because you've been um, uh, substituted because you, you haven't been playing your best, um, I'm, I'm reasonably okay with it. I think people are blowing it out of proportion, though. Um, and I think if you're gonna if you're gonna bollock or, or harangue uh, Kepper for his behaviour, someone has to say to Sarri, "Sorry, mate. Number one, you're at Wembley. Wear a fucking suit, you tramp. Sorry, that is out of order. He looked a disgrace yesterday. Um, but secondly, that that was an Elton John moment at his best. You must have seen tiaras and tantrums or whatever it was. That's what he did. Sixty-year-old man." Do you know what, Tony? Tony, I think I think uh, that's really quite interesting. What what it, I mean, you know, he was absolutely. Heavy. I mean, I've been there, mate. I've done that, and it's really quite interesting. I was reading somewhere about it's quite an Italian thing to do. I think it was Michael Volpe was saying that you know when when, when they <laughs> yeah. when they when they absolutely lose it, they they kind of get them. And, I, and I've done that too. It's actually yeah. I, I mean I, I've studied this in, in 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 psychology and stuff, and it's. You, you you get yourself out of the situation because you're so angry you're going to thump somebody. But I, I also, I think symbolically it was quite interesting because he kind of, he was about to walk out on Chelsea, you know, and I think that's what stopped him because I think if he had walked out of that door, he ain't coming back. So I think it was really interesting. Jonathan, I'm going to wheel back to you for a second, mate. Um, because do you, do you, do you think, because old, old Mr. Crowder, who I had the delight of having a curry with uh, the other week, uh, it was great to see him when he was over here very shortly, but he was saying that he thinks it, 
it completely affected the, the the penalty takers because it kind of left the the side in a bit of disarray. JK, do you think that's is that a valid point? I'm not so sure myself, but I'd like to hear what well, you think. I didn't think that was uh, that had an effect on them. No, I didn't see that because um, he also saved one, didn't he? And they all seemed very up for it. Um, no, I think that they were all united as one. I just think they were all. Um, it, it's that they're hardly going to. If, if they're all dithering on the touchline, they're hardly then going to go. I, I don't know what to do. My 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 energy is affected by this. Um, I, I think they're all just going to get on with it. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with that. I just had a um, a problem with the the logic behind it. Because to me, um, Caballero would, have, as I've said, was is, is much more of an influential figure, um, particularly given that he played for Man City, and particularly given that that he saves penalties. That's the best thing about his game. Um, mm. How many did he save for them? Three, I think, in a, in a, in a semi-final, playing for Man City. So um, uh, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a decent shot stopper when it comes to penalties. No, I, um, I, I don't, didn't really have a problem, Tony, with him wearing a tracksuit, is what he wears. And it's not really that he... he, he it's not that he's, he's not smart in his tracksuit. It's a, it's a proper tracksuit. He wears, you know track trousers and trainers and the top. He just <clears throat> unfortunately looks a bit um, decrepit around the face because he smokes so much. So uh, that's... Don't uh, I don't agree. I, think I, th- I, know, I know what you mean about yeah. wearing, wearing... It's, it's a final. But Pep, Pep didn't wear, didn't wear one either. He just wore what he normally wore. So it, but he, that's because he's paid to wear that. The days, the days of people wearing um, suits goes back to... 1960, 63 to 65. I think. I think if they're if they're in uh, training mode, they can they can wear what they want. Zola's do you do you, remember, do you remember? Do you remember Brian Clough, J.K. Very famously, he he when he was in the FA Cup or the League Cup finals, he would wander onto the pitch because you remember they used to have that really long walk, didn't they, from the Wembley Tunnel? Yeah. And yeah. he would wear a suit onto the pitch, and then he'd quickly get changed and wear his traditional kind of you know jogging pants and his green. Uh, yeah, uh, sweatshirt, which was always a very much a Clough trademark. Tony, what what do you think uh, about uh, you know where was the captain in all this? Where was Aspie? Because I mean, wow. Louise came over and tried to talk some sense into Kepa. So yeah. what? Where, where, you know, why wasn't Aspie doing that? Ah, <sighs> dear, where do I start with this one? I love Aspilicueta as a defender, but he ain't no captain. Now I I was on here a few weeks back, and I've been. I've come off the fence about Sarri. I don't think he's good enough. We're not talking about that now. But I think he's he's the way he's sidelined Gary Cahill has been as disgraceful as the way Benitez tried to do the same with um, with JT and Lampard and AVB. And yet no one's breathing a word about it. Oh, forget him. And yet he's still patronising and he called the club captain. I don't think Kepa would have been on that pitch had uh, Cahill been the captain yesterday. I think Cahill would have gone over and gone, fuck off, get off now. Um, Azpilicueta is too nice. He's not the man you want out on the pitch. He's not going to be that, we've discussed it that before, that enforcer person, the one like JT would have run over the minute someone like Zola or Hazard got a knock and gone over to that defender or whatever and said, you do that again, right, and and you'll you'll be out of the game. And um, it may be different these days, but I want someone who's passionate and... Uh, and I don't see it with with Azpilicueta. You know, when when you're having a situation like that yesterday, that is where the captain's role is. I know it's different in Italy and other countries, but that in in the England, that is where the captain's role comes in. Peacemaker, whatever. You go over and you say to the player, "You've had the call. Get off." 
And John Terry said exactly that in the TV studio afterwards. He said, yeah, he... then you sort it out in the dressing room. Yeah, he, he was great value. I mean, I, he was I, was there, value, I know I, I, I was there, so I obviously didn't see any of it. I've got to say, Siege Mentality 4 is clearly a comedian in the making. I'm loving his contributions tonight. He says here, Sari, this is on Mixler, obviously, in the chat page. He says, Sari was a banker. I guess he had a similar episode of insubordination. He tore his suit in a fit of rage and swore he'll never wear one again. So that's why he's not wearing a suit, Tony. What do you oh, think? Dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> well... I mean, I might have to consult my three-year-old granddaughter and listen and say, is this the way forward, love? Cause, uh, you never know. You, know, you I mean, never know. But, um, I, 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 I go with that. I, I just think, you know, for me, you know, it's very clear that Louise walked over and said something. And Louise has said in the mix zone afterwards, I told him to go off the pitch. And they all cover their hands up these days, don't they, so that they can't be seen swearing or whatever. Um, and he didn't go. Now... I guess the, the one argument you have is you could say, well, Louise should have shown a bit more authority because if Asby wouldn't do it, he could have done it. So get off now. But perhaps he doesn't feel that he can undermine Azpilicueta's captaincy by doing that. Yeah. Azpilicueta afterwards, was it was it was insipid. His interview was, I was over the other side of the pitch. I didn't see what was happening. Well, well, pa- apparently, uh, uh, Tony, apparently, and this, I got this from a journalist. I mean, Louise also fronted up to the media very eloquently, as he usually does. Yes. Aspie walked straight through the mix zone and ignored them all. Jonathan, you're about to pop a button with something. What was it you wanted to say, mate? I was going to say, I wonder whether the, the way that he is, I think I said it earlier, his, perhaps his management is such that they don't really know whether to confront him or not, um, and whether, uh, whether they should be, as Piliqueta is given, you know, he's between a rock and a hard place. He doesn't know whether to support the team or to support the manager. Uh, and that's why a decision wasn't made, uh, whether it's that they're, they're slightly in, uh, um, they have so many lectures, and he, but he tries to treat them as his, as his boys, that mm. perhaps, and he's very keen to say, please contribute what you feel like, rather than saying it will be like this. So they're given a situation where all that's happening on the pitch is he's expressing himself and saying, sorry, boss, I don't want to come off. And they're going, oh, mm. hang on. Um, uh, that's normal. You know, we, we, we don't we don't we're all in a group here making decisions. Who now makes the final decision? Um, and it should have been the manager. But the manager goes, all right, I want him off, but I'm not quite sure. Um, and then in the end, uh, you know, nothing, I mean, I also think the manager should really. If he really wanted him off, he should have himself, as the etiquette, have actually made more of an effort, I think. Yes. Instead of, Why did he back down? Uh, and, well, it, once again, you wonder whether this is because that's what his management is like, whether he goes, OK, Can, all right, I understand, or whether, Jake, whether he's on unsure ground, whether he's Jake, thinking, um, I better not, yeah, what are you going to say, Tony? Yeah. I was going to say, JK, can you think of another manager that would back down in the Premier League now or anyone that we've had before? I can't. I cannot, for, for the life of me, countenance Conte or Jose or Carlo, any of them, allowing that to happen. In fact, at least two of them that I've just mentioned, I reckon would have walked on the pitch and grabbed him by the ear roll and dragged him off. I, I, I cannot, yeah, I can't think of another manager anywhere that it's, I've it's ever seen. Mourinho, Mourinho would have gone onto the pitch and, yeah. and been fine, but not cared. Because... He'd have probably chinned him, Jonathan, I think. <laughs> yeah. Listen, there was a brilliant quote. I don't know if you, any of you saw this today, but in The Independent, Jack uh, Pitt... Uh, Bowles or something, I can't remember his name name, Jake Pitt Bowles or something anyway, he's a lovely bloke, anyway this is just, this, Jonathan you will love this quote, but he described the uh, 
the scene as it was like King Lear raging in the storm at his disobedient daughters wearing a caribou branded Nike tracksuit. <laughs> and I just thought that kind of supped up. I mean, basically, it was complete bloody farce. But the, the serious point in all this, Tony, is, you know, if, if he's been so publicly undermined like that, his authority has been so publicly undermined. I mean, surely it's another it's another nail in his coffin. Surely. Well, I mean, how do you get over that? There was a very interesting um, tweet put out by Dan Levine, but um, Phil McNulty's basically said as much today on the BBC website, which is, uh, it was almost the action of a player who knows that Sarri's time is limited, as if, it, yeah. it, it's you know, it's like, well, who cares what you think? You ain't going to be around for long anyway. Um, and and I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist particularly. I, I can't help but think that was it. We, watching it live, and I appreciate... Um, I didn't have your viewpoint of being in the ground, but I, I had the viewpoint of watching it on the TV with all the different camera angles and the, everything that was going on. Uh, and my son-in-law, oh, full of we were both. Well, my wife and both my daughters were sitting there going, "What is he doing? What is going on?" And they all said the same thing. It, it surely they that that's the end of him because he's, uh, you know, as J.K. just said, you know, you're the manager, okay, coach, manager, call it what you like. Um, and I go back to that. Why didn't he put his foot down? Why didn't he say he's coming off? The referee applied the law, didn't he? Which is rule three, I think, which is if the player refuses to come off, play continues. Um, but, you know, that board's gone up and everything's been done. I think it has undermined his authority. I think whatever happens now, that incident will be referred to not only in reference to Chelsea. I think it's going to be that Kepa moment. Do you, do you get my drift? Yeah, I do. I think you'll see it in other games. We've seen descent before. We've seen, you know, players throw wobblies, go straight down a tunnel, throw their bottles of water, kick their boots, refuse to shake the manager down. Never. Um, I've seen players, you know, wave and say, no, look, sorry, I'm the, I'm a, you know, and the boss still says you're coming off. Yeah, mm. for whatever reason. But never seen a, a, a player flat out refuse to do that. that was... the, the other view is that he's actually saying, no, you're wrong. There's nothing wrong with <clears throat> So but, that, but JK, that's if it's an injury. But it could have been a tactical, in which case he's got absolutely no. Indeed, no. indeed. But then that should have been made. Yes. And an interesting mm. point about the Fulham situation. The other day, when the Fulham centre forward took the took the penalty, which he missed uh, ahead of um, uh, I can never remember the Fulham players' names. Um, the guy who played for Newcastle. Anyway, he took the penalty and he missed. Mitrovic. Mitrovic. That's right. And he it was the the. Uh, what was it? He was as Parry or whatever his name was. He was their record signing, and he'd done bugger all. Kamara, and he took the took the penalty and missed yeah. it, and um, uh, and was transferred. Yeah. Well, there, there was all there was other stuff going on. J.K. They had a fight. Apparently, uh, they were all doing yoga, and then Kamara Kamara laughed while they were doing yoga, and it ended up being in a fight. So it all got into fisticuffs, and he went slew after that. Steve Moe has Steve Moe has just put a brilliant uh, post on Mixler, J.K. I just want to share it with you because I think he gets yeah. to the nub of what you and uh, Tony were saying there. He says you can't get over that. It's like a boss uh, being in an office and being told to fuck off on the office floor, saying "piss off," you know nothing, and then nothing happens. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because Jonathan, you know, do you think? Uh, well, what do you think should happen to Kepper? I mean, I know there's been some completely nutty stuff like he should never play for Chelsea again, which I think no, is absolute is rubbish. This, this is what the Fulham fans said to me. The Fulham right. fans texted me saying, your goalkeeper will never play for you again. But that's rubbish, but, surely. Crap, that's rubbish. rubbish. But he was applying 
the same idea that they'd applied to their centre forward. Yeah, but Fulham um, players are shit. It doesn't matter if they go. There's always that as well, shit. Yeah, <laughs> Obviously, but um, that, that sort of reaction it goes back to what I said. It is it is the it is akin to saying to somebody you're going down with ten stretch because there was a keep off the grass sign and you ignored it. Have some perspective. He's 24. I've never met anyone aged 24 who hasn't had a stupid hot-headed moment that they thought. Oh shit! I shouldn't have done that. I've had, I had loads of them. I probably was having them at thirty-four, probably forty-four, probably. But what, what should like happen? Said, what should happen? You're probably having them now at forty-four. Well, one so. of you, one of you, one of you. What should happen to Kepper? What should he be punished? And if so, how and what? I don't think anything will happen because he's he's, he's got out of it by saying it was a misunderstanding. Yeah. They've, 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 as you said, the, the the PR man has come in and the waters have been calmed. Yeah. But, uh, but there was that terrible moment of thinking, where on earth is Sarri going? I only found this out afterwards through watching it on the box because I was there. But Pop. on on reflection, what, what was he going to do? Just not be involved in anything again? Was that it? Was he was he saying, right, I've had enough of all of this. I'm now off and I'm resigning. I'll can, I, the can I make do... another Wait, point? Wait, let him finish. Let him finish, okay. uh, Tony. Go no, on, was, go on, JK. No, no, but I, I'm, I'm, that's, it's open-ended, really. I don't know what, you know, what was his his train of thought at the time was he what? thinking i've had enough with the way i'm being treated by the team i've had enough with the way i'm being treated by the fans i've had enough of being the way i'm being treated by the media um you know we've we've done well we've almost won it we're about to come to penalties and he won't my players won't pay any attention to me was this the thin end of the wedge have they constantly been been um denying any that he has any authority was that is is it, it seemed to me that that's a great possibility you don't react like that unless there's been something brewing all the yeah. way. Yeah, I think he was now, going for a fag, JK. So it could always have been that. He was actually thinking his ulterior motive was, I'll know, I know what I'll do. I'll pretend I'm really angry and I'll get a quick smoke in behind the door <laughs> and then I'll come back on again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly um, um, I just wanted to say there's, there's two things. I mean, yeah, if you were looking at it as a, as a neutral, you're going to look at the fact that nobody on the Chelsea bench seems to be doing very much to help him. Okay, there was just perplexed looks and laughter from the players that were on the bench as well when he did that. I mean, that to me is the worst bit for Sarri was the embarrassing that, that like I said, the Elton John, I'm throwing me, t- you know, Tara's going, going everywhere and all this sort of stuff. Um, and I do think that that was a, 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 a particularly bad bit. But also, and I don't know whether you saw this, but we certainly very visibly on the TV when the final whistle went. Yeah, Rudiger had to stop Sarri getting to Kepper. He had to mm. stop him, physically hold his manager back. Now, again, Italia, I don't give a flying fuck what your, your nationality is, right? You are the manager. You have to be cold-hearted, if you like. Uh, you have to have a level of objective professionalism about you. Don't go launching yourself a player so that one of your defenders has to get in the way and physically stop you. And it, it was all very, very unsavoury. And it, the TV cameras, there, there was no escape these days. We know that. There's no escape for fans. There's no escape for players. There's no escape for anybody. Okay? You will get picked out. And they absolutely concentrated on this. And you're sitting there thinking, Rudiger's having to stop his manager who's launched himself to try and get a Kepa. I mean, it was, if it had been anybody else, imagine if that had been Liverpool or Spurs, we would be having a field day. We'd be raising glasses in the pub going, did you see that shit show, you know? Yeah. So I think that's that's the side of it. That no, no amount of PR is going to dress that up. And I, I, 
I, I think from a Chelsea fan's perspective, Chidge and JK, we are probably far more sanguine about it and going, do you know what? Naughty boy, silly manager, blows it over in the dressing room. Yeah. All right. Well, look, look, in in terms of retribution, uh, I think uh, Jean-Paul Guevara suggested he should be nailed to the Stamford Bridge pitch and given 40 lashes. I think it might be a little bit uh, (laughs) over the top. But uh, I I mean, you know, he he certainly needs to have a a, a big fine placed on him and and some proper discipline behind the scenes. But they need to keep it in house. Listen, I'm going to wrap this up and I'm just going to... going to give you this because i nicked this oh by the way i nicked the uh, he's gone out for a fag joke from benny the blue before benny sues me um but uh i'm going to give you this i nicked this off twitter from graham mackery who's a fabulous bloke but he 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 he, he, like me saw a bit of comedy in it as well and the uh and the comedy in there was uh basically the top five uh chelsea or shithouse chelsea moments okay and the the top five uh, shithouse chelsea moments are uh, in reverse order, in reverse order, Boswinger uh, uh, versus Banayoun. If you remember, he kung fu kicked him into touch. Um, no, I remember that. When was that? Oh God, I can't remember now. 2013. Were they not getting on? Oh, I don't remember, Jonathan. Anyway, number five, oh, Boswinger versus Banayoun. For Eden Hazard uh, kicking the ball boy uh, at Swansea. Um, He's put number number four equal, so there's no three. Number four equal oh. is Kepa versus Sarri. Uh, Fabregas tries to hit the ref in the face when he when he chucked the ball across the pitch and nearly hit him. And uh, number one, uh, the uh, all-time shithouse Chelsea moment. I think this is kind of like a, a lifetime achievement award. This goes to Diego Costa. Anyway, I will leave you leave uh. you ruminating all of that as we go to a little break, and we'll be back in a second or two. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, uh... Welcome back. We are uh, fresh from uh, discussing with Jonathan the exact and precise definition of shithousery during the break. Uh, and I think we're now all clear and on the same page. Anyway, um, talk about the match really properly. I mean, the first thing that occurred to me, I was quite surprised actually and not a little bit unamused to see the uh, team selection uh, and the formation. I mean, obviously, you know, Emerson Emerson was in for Alonso and Hazard was in for Higuain, which meant he was playing in the false number nine. And I've got to be honest, your uncle Chidge was not a happy camper. But, but I have to say, um, by moving Hazard centrally and dropping Alonso, it didn't have uh, strength on the left flank, which of course was where we were, you know, picked apart when we got, when we lost 6-0 City and, 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 you know, horrendously after four minutes. So, you know, I, I kind of saw the sense in it. And, and I mean, you know, Sarri later, I think in the, in, in his post-match presser talked about, dropping uh, and defending a lot deeper so that they, you know, were not susceptible to Edison, you know, controlling things from the back and kind of picking out, our, you know, our, the spaces where we were. I mean, I think it worked, really. But I will say, I mean, I was sat with Phil and, uh, and Stu, Stu Norman 
And and we thought the first half was absolutely turgid. We were laughing, actually. We were actually calling and directing, keepers, keepers, you know, expecting the pass back to the keeper and laughing about the fact that at half-time, you know, when they come on to, uh, to, to correct the divots in the pitch, um, basically they didn't bother doing it in City's end because Chelsea hadn't actually managed to get anywhere near it. So, you know... It, I mean, I, I don't know. I think overall he was just trying to make sure we stayed in the game, Jonathan. And ultimately, one has to say it worked, didn't it, JK? I think it was uh, a top decision. Um, yeah. Because you knew that he wouldn't do it for the whole of the game um, unless we scored and we're going to defend that. And uh, we just kept moving through when all the goals had been scored. I thought we've got to 20 minutes and they haven't scored yet. You know, we got to two and a half minutes and I said to the people I was with, well, they haven't scored yet, so we're doing better, aren't we? And, but were, you, you, were you counting off the minutes? You know when they like were four 0 up in half yeah, an hour. You, yeah, yeah, I was doing that. I was doing yeah, that completely, absolutely. But but you know, um, 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 jocularly, you know, in an amusing fashion, you know, gallows like, humour, styly. Yeah, not not particularly seriously. But yeah, through having Hazard, and if you explain to Hazard, look, you have to do this because it means we've got an extra winger in, and the extra winger stops them from coming forwards. Yeah, it's going to make the first half tedious, but and this, it meant that they they weren't going to be scoring regularly. It meant that we uh, we were cagey. It became a very cagey first half. And, uh, and, and we, it's exactly the same as happened in the, um, in the game at home, which the first half, they just attacked and we defended like idiots. I mean, my, my um, amazement about it was that I don't think once did we play Saribor in the whole of that game. We played a kind of, you know, half and half, which is what we played. Actually, that's, that doesn't make any sense. What I just said we played, we did, we played a, um, uh, uh, defensively and uh, and tried to pass the ball as quickly as we could, which I suppose is is bits of Sarri ball. But you know, on occasions we just held on to it and seemed to play in a kind of half-hearted hybrid of the two, um, mostly with defending. But it's because they attacked so much. And we, when we played that way against them in the home game, it, we then got better and better. And I actually prophesied that. And I said, I think if this carries on like this and they're nullified, they'll begin to panic a bit. And uh, and we should have we should have scored and we should have won it. Um, but yeah, the beginning was indeed completely turgid. But I I felt it was uh, it was indeed damage limitation. You were just working out well if they don't score, we've uh, we've you're in, and you're in the game, Jonathan. Yeah, of course, you know that's and that and that's the point. I mean, Tony, you know, looking more at the second half. I mean, I thought we really did take the game to them second half. Actually, we looked way more dangerous. I think what irritates me a bit about yesterday, if anything, though, was that. You know, City, I thought, were there for the taking. They were poor, actually, by their standards. Um, and yet we still didn't manage an, a shot in the entire match. I mean, that was frustrating, wasn't it? Or shot on target, should I say. Well, it was very frustrating. But, I mean, Pedro had a great chance and decided to play a laid yeah. back there. Flick Kante. Back whatever. Kante. So, yeah, um, Hazard should never have played the ball wide, should he, to Pedro, when he was in front of goal. No, but I, I, I still, you know, dig, you know. Have a shot. You know, Pedro should have had a dig. And I think um, I think one other incident that, that, that I don't know if you've got it in the script to me, mentioned was the fact that um, uh, Hazard, who'd, who'd moved beautifully, um, was called offside when he was level, um, and oh yeah, yeah. Under the rules of VAR, that sh- that passage of play should have been allowed to finish and then referred back to VAR. Yeah, back to VAR. Farcical, farcical. Um, wasn't. Um, and when you saw the replay afterwards, clearly, clearly level. Brilliant bit of timing from Hazard. That may well have tried because Hazard doesn't tend to miss when he's one on one with um. Uh, their keeper. Um, there's two things I just want to mention. One, I, I did wonder about the whole um, tactics yesterday, and I wonder how much of it was um, uh, a bit of player in intervention here, um, uh, similar to Moscow. 
um, where you know we all know that the players said to Avram Grant, we're going to go and do this, all right, um, and you can tell us what you want, but that's what we're going to do, um, because it was such a change from Sarri's stubborn um, Sarri ball ethos and the way we play and the substitutions. I wonder whether or not there's been some sort of powwow or something that's happened in the week, so, especially after United. Um, I'm not going to call it a debacle, but it was a poor game. Um, and I wonder whether the players have got together and said to him, we, ca- we can't carry on like this. We just cannot. You've got to listen to us. It may as us. well have been Tony. It may have been him saying, yeah. I agree it's not working. Yes. Let's try something. Rather yeah, I'm not taking it away from him. I'm, it's a player no. power. I'm, 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 I think I, th- I get the impression that he's he's really quite a decent guy and he's willing to put his hands up and say, you know, let's discuss this. I yeah. think I got it, I'm getting it wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm loath- to say it's player power and they all did it and they yeah. bullied him. And I, you know, yeah. I'm not convinced. I mean, having said that, though, perhaps he felt bullied by the end of the game. So perhaps you're right. You know, so. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Um, and I've got to answer you, Dean. Um, why can't Tony ever play Sarri? Because I don't think he deserves it. Dean, all right, that's on Mixler, that's for you especially, Dean. Um, I would say that um, I don't like the phrase player power in those sort of circumstances. It's in any team, in any business, if things are going wrong, we used to call it a drains up at my old uh, my old employer where people, everybody got round, he basically lift the drains and you just to sort out all the shit and what's going on. Um, and that's, that's collaboration, that's not player power. You know, um, it shouldn't be a dictatorship. The days of dictatorial managers, I think, are gone. I don't think Pep Guardiola particularly is dictatorial. He will listen if he thinks people have got the valid point and if you can put your point across. I want to say that yesterday's game, um, for me, I'm going to refer you back to a very little-known film when it was released in 1976 but became a huge, monstrous film franchise. That yesterday was Rocky Balboa versus Apollo Creed. 1976 Rocky. We were the Rocky Balboa. We were the unfancied team that had to do everything to stand on our feet. But the more we stood on our feet, and they did all their pretty dancing in their silky shorts and all this sort of stuff, yeah, the more they did of that, the more we stood our ground, the shakier they got. Until at the end, just like in the film Rocky, you had a split kind of decision at the end where both teams were still standing and it went to the penalty shootout in the Rocky film. Of course, he just lost on points. But that's what it was yesterday. It was Rocky. Balboa versus Apollo Creed. I just wonder, I just wonder, chaps, uh, you know, it's interesting what you're saying about whether Sarri, uh, you know, dictated this or whether the pl- players dictated to him. I mean, I mean, you know, we just can't know really. But you know, if if he's absolutely lost the players, then it's it's not beyond uh, the realms of possibility that that might happen. Although he was saying, he was saying, you know, before and after, well, certainly afterwards, that he had actually, you know, instigated this to this instigated this plan to drop a little bit deeper. I I wonder. I mean, I talked to. Would you believe this on? Uh, on Sunday morning, I talked to uh, Luther Blissett about this, and I said, because he was saying, so how are you going to get thumped again today? And I said, well, I really don't know. I said, I think a lot will depend on the player's reaction. I said, you were a player. How would you have reacted to getting 6-0 and then playing him in a cup final? And he said, the first thing that I, you know, that players will do, they've got a huge amount of professional pride, and the last thing they would have wanted was to be completely dicked again. So he said the minimum thing that they would do is that they would be well-organised and they would work harder than City. Their work rate, he said, you know, fair play if you get beaten by a side that's better than you and got more talent, but you cannot be less than them in terms of your work rate. And I wonder if they did have a chat with Sarri about this and said, look, you know, we did all right at home against them and we did all right at home against them by playing like this. 
So we don't want to get dicked. So come on, let's collectively come up with a plan that we don't get completely hammered and hopefully along those lines. And I'm wondering if there's maybe a little bit more collusion there, JK. Well, we'll never know, will we? We'll never know, will we? No. We read his, when he writes his... um... His, uh, his autobiography probably next year if he's been sacked in order to get some mm. money out of it but um, um, I mean whatever the result was was they played a lot better than they have recently yeah. I don't think as you said it was their best performance of the season because um, I thought it was on a par with the Spurs performance in the semi-final and similarly in the City City performance uh, at home I think we've 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 played as well as this no, I don't. I don't think it was their best performance of the season. I think that overall, I think it was possibly Sarri's best performance of the season because oh, well, he's proved to us that he can change. Yes, I, I agree. I, well, well, yes, and we, we don't know whether he, we, we, yes, he, 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 whether he changed or the players made him change. We don't know. But yeah, and also, I suppose it's because um, we, the, he didn't do the uh, the Kovacic Barkley substitution, which um, everybody prophesied. So, uh, um, and he brought on the youth. Um, so yeah, it looked looked to be a much more. It looked like mm. a plan B for the first time, didn't yeah. it? Really? I mean, there's plenty of um, plenty of precedents for that. Um, players approaching the boss and saying yeah, this yeah. isn't working. And, and I'll go back to England under Bobby Robson. Do you remember? Um, they yeah. wanted to play the sweeper system, and we we were on our asses. And he 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 adapted that and said to the players, "Okay, let's try it." And of course, we went and stuffed Poland three 0 or whatever. Um, I think there's plenty of opportunities. I and mean, I just think it's a very dangerous precedent to start saying, well, it's the players ruling the roost and all this. And I'll, get it. So I'll watch it on Twitter and it's like, oh, the player, player, and the clicks, they're bringing another manager down. But maybe the managers just occasionally need to listen to more. You know, their job is to be, have their finger on the pulse of that dressing room. Okay, every manager should know who is with them and who isn't with them and who needs convincing. That's all part and parcel of the job. And if you're just going to sit there, Put yourself your, your wall up around you and say, no, 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 my way is the only way. And I think that's what done Wenger in the end. Um, it, it, then expect the players to, to down tools. I don't say wittingly down tools. I just think in the end they think, oh, well, fuck it, and we'll do what you say and it ain't going to work. Um, but I think yesterday was perhaps something different. Yeah. Well, I think, look, I mean, let's talk about some of the performances, actually, because I thought <laughs> the three stood out for me in particular. Uh, I thought Rudiger was awesome oh. yesterday. Kante was... St- the best player on the pitch Bunny. by a country mile. I mean, I mean, we were laughing. I mean, me, Phil and Stu were laughing because he, he was so good. He just kept nicking the ball, resisting the challenge. Because bear in mind, actually, City are talk about shithousery early. They are the masters of shithousery. <laughs> Fouling by rotation yeah. all the time. That's what they do. That's what Pep size do. None of this kind of, they're all little kind of weak effect players. He sets them out to go and foul you by rotation. But, you know, Kante withstood that and then would lay off on an almost impossible pass every time. I mean, this guy, I mean, you know, God, I, 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 can't, I can't give him enough praise. And I thought Louise also had a stormer, as he nearly always does in a big game, JK. Yeah, completely. Phenomenal. Um, pinpoint passing. And so the, ultimately the penalty was such a, uh, a disappointment because he had been uh, a complete star. Uh, he was superb. I mean, I think, I think, you know, talking of the penalties, I mean, the bottom line is Louis hit the post. It happens. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. I, 
you know, he he scores more than he than he misses, and I just thought that was just a bit of bad luck. Jorginho's, on the other hand, was beyond awful. I mean, it was so bad, I actually felt sorry for him. And we would again, we were taking the piss, saying, "Well, of course he did that because he only knows how to pass the ball. He doesn't know how to ha- how to well, whack no, it." It was the same penalty that he took the other day, wasn't it? And sure, was it? Must have re- yeah, the skip and then hitting it uh, to, the, right. to the right. It's exactly the same penalty. Yeah, and and you think, come on. The goalkeeper will have done some research. He'll notice that that's your stock penalty, so he should just have belted it into the other corner. I mean, it was just, it was just it, I found that more embarrassing than anything else. Uh, it was he'd had a good game. I thought he'd had a good game, and that that was a that was he, he would never have been my first choice as a penalty taker. Not when you've got. No, I don't understand other... why the first person taking it as well. Normally, it's uh, yes, but they've got a different different lineup. Yeah. Well, I, I I thought the reason for that, I mean, and this this is kind of why I felt I, I actually the human side of me actually felt sorry for him because I thought, you know, nothing nothing says favourite son of Sarri like having Jorginho take the first penalty, <laughs> and of course, poor old Jorginho has been getting a lot of stick recently, and I think basically because he's more he's an easier softer target than Sarri, and I and I actually really I genuinely felt sorry for him for that because he's going to get a lot of stick for it, um, but let's talk about the positive thing. I mean, Hazard's penalty was absolute oh sheer God. filth. It I mean, was, he's something else, Tony, isn't he? It was Paul, wasn't it? That was it football Paul. And like, obviously, again, I'll, I'll tell you, I don't know if you've seen any, any of the replays, but from the TV, they showed every penalty from behind the taker at, at, at the taker's level. So it wasn't like you normally get where you got the camera up and you're looking down on it, yeah? It was behind. Um, uh, and that's how they did it yesterday. Okay, uh, I, I'm not sure explaining it very well, but you know how you normally look at a penalty shoot. Uh, you're above the players, aren't you? And you see, yeah, the, yeah. This one, it was like the camera was behind the player, almost at the player's head level, if you like, and that's what you saw. So it, it, it's a completely different perspective. I'm not convinced of it, but I tell you something now that he, there was no mistaking that when Hazard took that penalty, that was the coolest penalty i think I've, I've i've only ever seen someone take a penalty like that before and that was michael ballack i think um and that was against manchester united all them years ago in front of us after rio ferdinand had thrown all the grass in his face it was just it was porn. it was just everything that tells me for christ's sake you know give the chelsea pitch owners give all your shares to hazard and say the ground is yours mate that's what we if that's what we need to do to keep him he's phenomenal and he You've put Rudiger Canton loose, but honestly, Hazard yesterday, you, when you watched him, yeah, my son is a Fulham fan, sat there and watched him and said, they cannot get the ball off of him without kicking him. They no, cannot right, get Tony. the ball off him. I think give, given given that he was playing in a position he, he doesn't like, so he was taking one for the team, I mean, the effort that he put in, whenever he had the vaguest sniff of getting forward and running at him, he took it and he was brilliant. I mean, there's only one I can remember where he screwed it up where they nicked the ball off him in the penalty area. But other than that, I thought he was just just brilliant. Um, Jonathan, I, we didn't really talk about the subs, and I'd like to, actually, because, you know, I mean, the narrative that I'm building here, really, is that I've, I've you know, clearly given Sarri a very hard time, and I think justifiably so for the last few weeks. And, and the, the, the you know, the basis upon which I've given him a hard time is that uh, it's his just dogged intransigence and his stubbornness, his fact that he's not willing to change. 
and and suddenly he brought on Hudson Odoi for Pedro on 79 minutes. Loftus Cheek came on for Barkley at the end of the match, and Higuain came on for William. We looked a much better side with those three on. But I, I'm just wondering, the cynical side of me says, uh, you know, was was he kind of? I want, you know, this really generally occurred to me, Jonathan. I wondered whether he was doing it to appease the fans. Um, he could have been doing that to appease the fans, or he could have been um, assessing who's been playing well recently. That's why he obviously picked Emerson, who I thought had a very good game, by the way, um, at left back. Um, so, uh, no, I think you're being a little bit too hard on him. I think uh, I think he, he picked them because they're the form players, which is, which is to, to be fair, it's the first time he's done it. Um, and... and Bringing um, Hudson Odoi on at 79 meant obviously that uh, um, if if there was extra time, he'd be playing the extra 30 minutes, so he'd be on for 40 minutes. Um, and I thought it was, uh, as I said earlier, the it, we didn't get uh, Kovacic for Barkley. We got Loftus Cheek, which um, which once again was um, was a good uh, a barometer of uh, of the way that, that they've been playing recently. I have to say, I thought Barkley had a poor game. He seems to be very restricted at the moment. Um, no, we know why that is. Yeah, absolutely. He still keeps losing the ball all the time. And it's, it's it, losing the ball to a team like City is so dangerous because they immediately attack so quickly. Um, and um, once, of course, Higuain came on for the whole of the, uh, the remaining 30, again, for William, you've then got um, uh, Hazard playing left wing again. So uh, um, he then had a an opportunity for in, in extra time to to express himself, which was a shame because I thought that was going to be the uh, the right combination to get us to win because I, I don't think Higuain had a single shot, did he? Um, there was still that terrible that terrible uh, situation of of us somebody having the ball um, on either wing and there being nobody in the penalty area, mm. and, um, and I think that's that's his dilemma as somebody who wants to play. Um, the attacking kind of football that he goes for is if he doesn't play it properly, they don't get enough men into the box. And consequently, mm. Wayne becomes a very detached figure. It, it, um, it, it, it does beg a question, though, doesn't it? He wants to play attacking football. Yeah. And we seem to be having less shots on goal than we've ever had under more defensive managers. No, but that, I think it's, it's completely illogical, isn't it? Is he is he telling the players not to shoot? I mean, no, 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 they, they're not. can shoot. Hazard can shoot, Higuain can shoot, Pedro can shoot, Loftus-Cheek can shoot. It's not like we're short of people um, who can take... Barkley, we now know, can take a free kick. I mean, I don't... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not arguing with you, Jake. I'm saying there's something illogical there. No, no, you know, but what... Attacking, attacking, football. He's trying to play this specific... As, as we, we mentioned on Friday, Chidge, didn't we? This article we both read. He's trying to play a very specific form of attacking football involving triangles, which is that you almost play blindfold. And it's all supposed to be one touch. It's supposed to give the ball uh, as soon as possible, get into a, an area where you're so far ahead of everybody and somebody is in the penalty area that, that they will shoot because they'll be on their own in the penalty area and they've got the ball. So it's not about not shooting. It's about they're not playing the system properly. And that's that's the problem with it is that and he can't get them when he starts talking about um, they're not motivated. He doesn't mean that uh, or they're, they're mentally not strong enough. 
it, it, they're just not learning what he wants. And I think it may be because he's not a very good teacher or they're, they're so used to defending and playing a certain way. They can't they can't do it. it it's not about not shooting. It's about them not being in the right places. And, and the, the, the reality is, though, Jonathan, I think that for me, because, you know, I've been I hate that, as you know, I hate, hate, hate that because I am a pragmatist, not an idealist. But, you know, I, I, I will give credit where it's due, mate. You know, I'm an honest bloke and I will. You know, I don't care if I've said something before and I'll counteract it. That's that's the way it goes. But he's he has proven to me in that City match that he can be pragmatic, that he can change. He doesn't have to be this dogmatic. And and I just wonder if if you think he will he will be more pragmatic going forward or if he'll he'll, he'll revert back to being stubborn and dogmatic and know this is the way I want to play. It's all about my football. I don't think he'll stop attempting to play his game, but I, I, I think he might adapt it according to the Premier League. Let's, I think, you know, the proof of the pudding's in the eating. Let's see what happens on Wednesday. Yeah. Let's see what kind of football he plays on Wednesday. If he goes again forward to just playing, you know, 90% in the other half, I think, you know, I think he learnt a huge lesson against United because they could not cope with the breakaways. And that's why Aspilicretic was absolutely exhausted by the end, having to deal with Rashford running on his own um, with the ball because they got because we lost it in the in the attack phase. So, uh, and I think that that consequently, because of City and because of United, he's adapted. Let's see what he does. If he plays the same way, which was his like adaptation as he played against Spurs in the uh, in the semi final, I think we'll beat them. And I, I and the trouble is, is I don't think the players can play his way. And I think he has to adapt. And if if I still think he's in a very tricky situation, if they lose heavily on Wednesday or, or lose and then lose to Fulham, Fulham are going to be up to it because Fulham always are against Chelsea. Then, you know, it, it's it, the, the club have to make a decision. But it may be, as we discussed the other day, it may be they've decided he's the man for the job and they're going to keep with him till the end of the season and to next year as well. We just really don't know. But at the moment, I'm I'm just thinking in terms of right. Um, we we lost against City, but we played a lot better. So he's slightly got a reprieve. Let's but see. Do you, what, let's see. Do you think it? Do you think it might all be a bit too late then, Tony? Yes. Mm. Um, we've lost four nil Bournemouth, six nil. Well, I mean, beat Huddersfield five nil. I mean, come on, that's Huddersfield. And then we've lost six nil, and then we've beaten the Swedish version of Cardiff in the UEFA League, uh, Europa League. And then we lost at home to Manchester United in pretty dismal circumstances, I thought. Um, and then we put in a good performance yesterday. And I, I don't think he'll go before the end of the season. I think that's utterly pointless because I think um, if, if the worst happens on Wednesday, um, we, we will be out of contention for fourth place. I can't see us getting back into it because of the games we've got left. And even if one of the others in contention for fourth slips up. They're not all going to fall down, are they? United um, look good at the moment and um, Arsenal even look good. They look better than us at the moment, certainly in the Premier League. Um, uh, but I think, you you know, there's nobody going to come in and save the season. So let it go. Um, if we don't get the Champions League place um, through the Europa League, of which there's no guarantee when you look at teams like Inter Milan and uh, Benfica, um, and even Dynamo Kiev is not going to be a bloody walkover, is it, uh, with the journey out there? Um, if we don't get that Champions League place, he's going to go. He's going to go. They're not going to accept less than fourth place. How can you How can you accept fifth or sixth and a trophyless season and having got rid of Conte, who won two trophies in two seasons? 
I don't, no. It just doesn't. It doesn't because you because you believe in the guy and you think well, he's going to build something. Right, that's why you would do it. But the thing is, the thing is, the, a lot of the fans don't believe in the guy. Now, surely they can see that that has got to be an issue in the end. If you if you've got fans turning on your manager at home like they did at United game, that that, that either the board are living in fucking cloud cuckoo land and they're completely isolated and they don't care. Well, they maybe don't. Then why did they get rid of Conte? Why did they get rid of Jose then? I mean, I, it doesn't make sense to stick to that. One but, of you at a time. Yeah, please. I'm sorry. I'm going to finish my point here. He, if we do not get Champions League, he is toast. He's going to go. I don't care. There's other managers out there, and and there's no way. There's no way I can believe anybody on that board is convinced of him enough that if the transfer ban doesn't get overturned and no one else has managed to overturn one yet that he's the man who's going to bring all the loanies back and turn us into something special i just mm. cannot believe it that's my view i'm sticking by it. if he gets fourth he's got a chance but one game yesterday does not you know it does not give him much more than a very slender reprieve when you look at all the other things the behavior and everything that went on yesterday as well not one shot on target look we are starving people we have been starved of good football this season for a long, long while now. We've been humiliated. So anything that's a positive, we're going to grab onto and say, yeah, yeah, there's a chance now. I, you know, I don't, I, I, I didn't want him. I gave him a chance. I, I now don't think he's the man. However, I don't think sacking him now is going to make a blind bit of difference to our season. Oh, okay, Tom, good stuff. JK? Um, well, you, you think that if, if he's... If what do you think somebody else coming in would make it work then, Tony? Absolutely not. Not now. That's what I'm saying. You can't. If you get rid of him now, yeah, um, it makes no difference this season. If we lose to Spurs, um, uh, and and you, as you would know, Fulham will be a tricky bloody game because it's a local derby. And uh, can their dismal form continue? Do we revert to uh, regress to the mean? You know, like we've done before, and go back to what we've been doing this season. Um, I don't think it makes a difference. You've got to just see it through. I don't think anybody coming in this stage of the season now would rescue fourth place. I don't think that Solskjaer effect is going to happen with us now because you're too far down the road. No, I don't know, mate. Look, uh, Robbie Di Matteo didn't come into the club until March. And we won the Champions League. I personally reckon that if... Uh, if you but finished sixth, didn't we? We played a, defen- we played a defensive... Played the way that... Um, Conte had played, uh, we'd, we'd do better now. We'd beat all the lower teams easily. But it, it's it's not the way the club wanted to go. They wanted to be a more attacking style. Well, um, so, the uh, club don't have a clue, mate. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm well, sorry. I'm, I'm going to sit there and take lessons in what the best football for fans is from people who are only interested in the money side of things. I just, I'm not having that. Sorry, JK. They, they, you, I, I know... Well, Tony, we're not, we're not talking about the board here. We're talking about Roman. Yeah, well, Roman at the end of the day. Call a spade has, a spade. Of course, it hasn't actually been this season. Okay. And it's, well, okay, he's not a citizen. But he still gets 90 days in this country. Um, and he's still not been seen at Stanford Bridge this season. Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't think he's lost interest. But what I'm saying is, he, you know, there's not a shred, not a shred of evidence that his attitude has changed in any way to say this is the guy I'm going to stick with when he's had some fantastic managers before. I mean, if, you know, if he said that I'm going to go and get Ancelotti back, I would be driving Ancelotti back myself. Okay. 
but I think changing things at this point of the season, I don't know how many, how many games are there left. There's only about four home games, isn't there? Four or five home games left, I think. Um, I don't see it. I just don't think it's going to make that much of a difference now. So stick with the guy. Let's see, you know, give him that chance. At least say, we've well, had a season. Okay. But if the transfer yeah. bank happens, I, I don't see Sarri as the man to... All right. Okay. I'm just going to say, just to kind of round, round, you know, tie up the loose ends on this. uh, You know, I think, uh, I think there's a very good point in in amongst all of that. I really do. But the bottom line is, is that I think Jonathan's, you know, got a point. If if uh, if the crowd, if the fans turn on 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 him, they they will get rid of him because they'll perceive that as it all going horribly wrong. If the players chuck it in for him they'll do the same thing because they'll perceive it all as going horribly wrong um i i'm kind of with you tony on saying well give him to the end of the season because not much will change but on the other hand as i said a minute ago you know we did bring in uh well robbie was already there but he came in and he, we won the champions league but of course we had a much better squad there and jonathan the point about the attacking football i mean look i think it's quite simple you, you know attacking football is, is joyous when it's winning football. You know, when you win a game and if you just fanny around and pass it from side to side making pretty shapes and you don't win like Arsenal used to, the fans don't like that. They don't care about that. They want to win games. We're not supposed to be doing it that way. They're just not interpreting what he's after. It's not that they're not, you know, they're not going, I'm going to play it here and play it here. We don't need to shoot. They're going, I'm trying to find a way to make this work. And that's why he makes all those notes all the time. He's constantly working out what areas they're supposed to be in and it doesn't work and if it if it keeps on not working then they should sack him and if we keep on losing yeah. they should sack him but you you can't dismiss what he's attempting to do by saying the football shit the football isn't being played the way that he wants it to be played they're not doing it it's something that may they may never be able to do the board may not give him the time to do it the the the, the squad at the moment may not be able to do it a squad further down the line may be able to do it but as as tony says if the holy grail is qualifying for the champions league and they don't do it then the chances are he'll be able exactly. to exactly you know, and that's that we and we know that because it that's always always happened i mean I, we're going around in circles a bit here because i mean, I mean bottom line is you know i i understand what you're saying because we we've we've pretty much said that on every show for the last four weeks, and I, I do understand what you mean. It's just that I, you know, I don't, I don't think he can like you actually. I think because you know, you and I have actually started from poles apart, and we've got a lot close together in the last few weeks. Interestingly enough, but I don't think that he can play the football. I mean, number one, he can't. I think playing the kind of football he wants to play doesn't work in the Premier League because it's a very Precisely. different league from Syria. A and secondly, to make his football work like he did at Napoli, he needs to transplant the entire Napoli side that he has in, into Chelsea and make it Chapoli, as I said last week, which I don't, <laughs> which I, I don't see happening. You know, the play, Chelsea players are much better than the Napoli side, and because they're better, they've got not, not a playing Sarri ball by the looks of it. That's for sure. Yeah, but, but they, they can't then just adapt to playing. Very single passes. Single passes mm. isn't in their nature because they're much more, they're, they're better ball players. And he thought it would be really simple to teach any team to do it. And I don't think he quite grasped how um, these are these are stars in comparison with the world yeah. players that he had at Napoli. It's all very weird, isn't it? Anyway, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this part on something that's not very weird at all, but actually very delightful. Uh, let's let's finish on an upbeat, shall we? Um, because I have to say that uh, the support uh, that the, the supporters gave yesterday is the best I've heard at Wembley for ages. And I mean, you know, helped, I think, by the fact that we did look like a proper team. You see, this is the other point, Jonathan. I don't mean to go and rake over this again, but 
you know, I, I think Chelsea, you know, we talk about this lack of identity for Chelsea, but I think, you know, the last 15 years has kind of given the, the club and the team an identity and the, and the Chelsea supporters have reveled in it. And it is that passion and it's, it's, it's working hard. It's being stoic against, you know, superior odds and all of that. And I think the fans got a sense of that yesterday. And I think they reciprocated because the support was brilliant yesterday. Loudest I can remember for a long time, Tony. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what it was oh, like it on the telly. Through, but... It came through. It came through, mate. Listen, I watched when I watch football, I have the full home cinema thing blaring out, right? Okay, and uh, and it may need to drown out the sound of my wife. No, I didn't mean that. Um, but um, it was, it came through. It really did come through. And I like the fact. I think a lot of that Chidge, is because we were kind of underdogs. We knew we were underdogs, um, and I think we we uh, you know I think we revel. And we're probably at our best when we're the plucky yeah. underdog team. Backs you know, against we, the wall, mate. My my introduction to Chelsea was Chelsea versus Leeds. We were the plucky underdogs in 1970. And I liked it. I kind of liked it. I like that. It's Rocky Balboa, isn't it? It's, you know, you dance around all you like, but you're, you're going to get a fight out of us. And, um, and, you know, you've said it before. Well, why is there such a shit atmosphere at Stanford Bridge? And we've gone and seen some of the most turgid, insipid things. And, you know... I always say, well, if the team have to inspire the fans to some degree, yeah, and if it's a bloody one o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, that's hard. It's even harder for the team to inspire people because most people only just got themselves out of bed. But I think you know when you when when you see the team fighting, when you see that let's 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 call it what it is, spirit. Yesterday, that was in there. That was bucket loads of it in there. And as the game went on, it grew. Confidence grew. Um. The, the heart, the whole, I, I keep saying it, but that whole kind of, you're not going to knock us over. Or you do, but we'll get back up again. I fancied us to get a goal back, even if they had scored or that goal they scored hadn't been offside. Um, and I think that that generates into the fans. It's the excitement. It's everything. When you're up, when you're watching basketball, football, who gives a shit? You know, <laughs> I don't think that's, you know, so I think it, I think that was why it was so good. Mm, I think it's. I think you know. Basically, Jonathan, you can sum it up as: if they turn up, we turn up. You know, and I think it is actually quite reciprocal, isn't it? But I don't know where. Where were you sitting, mate, yesterday? Oh, I was in a club somewhere. In a club? I did. What in Mayfair? I did seats. Yeah, I was. I was. uh, I was watching it via a helicopter. I was dangled in from the top. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off, Alexa! (laughs) Fuck's sake! Why is she piping up? Uh, Sorry, mate. What did she say to you? I don't know. I couldn't hear it. You were talking. Alexa, shut up. Thank you. Fucking hell. You're not hearing her. Yeah. I don't know. I just got this vision there of JK in a kind of. You know, the guy, um, all because the lady loves milk tray, (laughs) dangling from a helicopter in a black outfit. You know, that's. That would be the case. I'd have dived down and I'd have escorted Kepper off the pitch. (laughs) All right. Okay. Right, we're going to go for a well-needed lie down at half-time. And uh, when we come back, we're going to look back at the Europa Cup win against Malmo, uh, which we have some very funny stories to regale you with, Tony, because me, Alex and uh, Jonathan were were enjoying Jonathan's hospitality, in fact. And uh, we're going to look ahead to this week's crucial match against Spurs. We're also going to have a chat about the transfer ban and what that will mean. We'll be back in a second. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. 
See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. You are, of course, listening to the Chelsea Fancast. Um, we've already done loads, it seems, but there's loads more to come. Uh, and we're going to kick this bit off with uh, a quick chat about the Europa Cup win against uh, Malmo. Um, great fun evening, actually, because Jonathan very kindly invited both me and Alex, the girl who likes Bulls Churchill, to go and sit with him in uh, in his posh seats in the East Middle, which is what we did. Uh, so, we, but the, the joy, the jo- the lovely thing about it was we were all sat together watching a game, which I really like to do. But it was a dreadful first half, wasn't it, Jonathan? And then they they scored that first goal. Of course, by the way, I should I should preface this by I, I very loudly said to Alex, Alex, this has got nil nil written all over it, and then the, the minute that happened, uh, we scored. Of course, it was, it was the second you said it. We it was the second, wasn't it? Yeah. But I mean, after that, the confidence came back, and I thought they played quite well. Although I, you know, I don't think they were really playing Sarri ball at all. Uh, and I and I thought Callum Hudson Odoi had a good good second half. He looked good. Great goal. Best best sorry half that he did. It, it almost established that he had to be playing um, for a part of the uh, the cup final. I think we said so at the time, didn't we? We said he needs to pick him for part of the cup final. We actually thought that um, he'd go for the same team he's gone for all season, but no, we were wrong. So. Yeah, indeed. Um, Kante, Tony was absolutely outstanding again. Yes. Uh, do you know my biggest worry is is that. Um, yeah, we don't get that Champions League place. He decides he's off as well. Yeah, that's really, wor- really worrying me. I mean, you know, Kante... 
Kante and Hazard are the only two world-class players that we've got. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure we're probably going to lose Hazard. We lose Kante as well. Yeah. I will be in desperate straits. Yes, indeed. I think we would be in big trouble. Yeah, we're not likely to. He's on a five-year contract. Yeah, contracts mean nothing. If a player wants to go, they go. We know that. Come on, JK, we know no, that. He's not a troublemaker, Tony. He's not a troublemaker, though. No, he isn't. But if he if he decides he wants to go and someone comes in with a big enough bid and we haven't got Champions League football, he'll go. He'll go. He left Leicester, for Christ's sake, to come to us. Um, uh, and I don't care who the player is. That idea of a one-club player for life, it, it isn't there. Contracts mean absolutely diddly squat in the world of football when, when the agents and that get involved. I'm sorry, but that's the reality of no, it. No, I, I, I agree with you with that. But, Jonathan, I think you have an alternative view. Mm-hmm. Well, I also think that he's, you know, he's such a sweet bloke. And also, we don't know what's going to be happening the next few years. <laughs> With the club, we don't know who, what, who they're going to buy or what's going to happen with them. I just think to almost feel that somehow he'd be just because it's it's they'd be in the Europa League, he might be quite happy with that, knowing that the following year the chances are we then would be in the Champions League. I think we're 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 projecting we're predicting too much that is unknown as always. Uh, too much speculation, Jonathan. Exactly. That's what it is. Too much speculation. Anyway, bottom line is uh, we did manage to get rid of the... Uh, I thought what Malmo were a, a, a poor... Actually, it's really interesting because I was talking to um, Freddie uh, Karberg, who's our mate from Sweden who was over, came on the, the, the Love Sports show on Friday. But it was quite interesting what he had to say about Malmo. Apparently, they're a, a side that in the Swedish league like to play a lot of possession and passing football. Uh, and they basically, Rosler set them up completely differently to kick lumps out of us. And I just thought that that's the kind of team they were, but apparently not. But I thought they were quite a, like an average championship side, really. Got Dinamo Kiev next, uh, Tony. What do you think of that? Uh, oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? I don't think any of those sort of sides that are left in it now. There's no um, obvious pushovers. I mean, it could have been worse. I think if it had been Inter Milan or potentially Benfica. Um, are Valencia in there? Is it Valencia? Or... Yeah. I can't remember. Sevilla and, Napoli, and Valencia. Napoli are there. And, and Napoli, well, that would have been... Inter Milan. What a beautiful irony that would have been, I guess. But um, Inter Milan would worry me. And it, 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 But it, that's that's how a competition should be, shouldn't it? You, you're not going to get bloody walkover games. So Dynamo Kiev, I, 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 I agree with you. I think Malmo were a bit, you know, top of the championship um, at, at that level. I think with Dynamo Kiev, you may be getting a potential, you know, I don't know, a Newcastle or a, 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 a side like that that are, kind of mid middling table or whatever can do it on the day who knows it, it's, it's that's a fairly long old whack of a journey isn't it i think that'd be the furthest is that the furthest we'll have gone actually no. in terms of distance in this competition this year no we, we went oh in, in the competition yes. yes yeah yeah we, we went to baku last year didn't we yeah but there you go anyway that's coming up really soon sorry jonathan go on sorry mate i thought malmo were absolutely appalling i just they, mm. they, they got worse and worse they got more and more tired they haven't had a this is their pre-season, isn't it? They've had a break. They haven't gone back to playing yet. They, the referee must be mentioned as being absolutely dreadful, who didn't give us anything for ages and ages. Oh, and seemed, he, seemed to think he that missed. Every, every moment of contact from rolling over was a foul. Um, and every single time they were fouled, all they do is that laughing thing and shaking their heads. That he, he, to, as if somehow he missed. He couldn't possibly. He missed so much that referee. He did, and I think it was the first one. It might have been a tackle on Kante. I can't remember now who it was, but he was literally three meters from it. Uh, and you know, all the replays, the punt, everyone was going, "That's that's a that's a foul." That is, there was not even it's not even a marginal one. It was a foul, and the ref just no. He was hopeless, absolutely hopeless. 
But we, mm. we didn't help by just being very uh, uh, nervous, I think they said. I just thought they, they were they were just below par, Chelsea, for the first half. And then it took the goal, as you said, Chid, for the confidence to flow through them. And I think we then celebrated, didn't we, by eating a lot of, a lot of uh, M&Ms. No, you did. I'm, I'm off the M&Ms. Oh, They're That's not part of my diet. Well, no, but, 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 but um, Alex had um, uh, mashed up... Um, uh, what do you call it? What's that? M- meringue. Meringue, yeah. Mashed up meringue she had, yeah. Mm, it was there off- we go. Yeah. Um, talking of mashed up meringues, JK... Um, I very much hope that on uh, Wednesday evening uh, that we turned turn Spurs into mashed up meringue. That would be very joyous, wouldn't it? But do you think there was any chance of that? Yes, if we play as well as we played at the weekend, if we play as well as we played against them in the uh, in the semi final, if we play as well as we played against uh, Man City at home, um, if we, if we play as well as we played early on in the season, because I think the, the the trouble we've had with the the whole disintegration has been. Um, uh, lack of shots, not helped by Morata being a complete idiot. And I, I presume that if Higuain was the was the centre forward, that it would all we'd all get great confidence because he would score. But it's been proven that if he doesn't get the service, he can't. He looks a much, you know. I mean, let's be honest. He looks. He's a proper centre forward, Higuain. And even his his half hour on on uh, yesterday made him. He, he looked a class act. But he still didn't get given the ball in a position where he could have a shot. Um, so I'm just hoping that uh, we can somehow get the ball to him a bit more and have a few more shots. But um, I, 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 to me, it's progress. So let's see. Let, let's see if we descend into uh, um, attempting to play 90% attacking possession in their half, or whether we play a much more pragmatic game. And I think it'll it'll depend on that. But um, um, I don't think that uh, I think Kane is a very is a is a very dangerous player. I've always said that. Um, but you know they lost at the weekend to Burnley, and uh, they were found out. Um, so uh, I think we'll win. Tony, do you concur? Because I mean, you know, I, I, this is the I think the real the nub of this point is having done you know played. I mean, look, we lost. Let's not get away from this fact, and we're used to winning trophies, so that ain't good. What happened yesterday, in some respects, but I think considering where we were a few weeks ago, you know, the fact that he's become well, well in that match certainly was pragmatic makes the work, the Wednesday game very interesting to see if, as Jonathan says, we can, can carry on that improvement. Do you see it happening? Oh, blimey. Um, I'm worried. Um, I'd rather be playing Spurs had they beaten Burnley. Um, uh, but they didn't. So they're going to be burning a little bit, I think. Um, no doubt the Pochettino... Uh, and I have just read that he has been charged, apparently. So no doubt that will probably rile them up a little bit more. Um, they probably feel they owe us one as well for um, dumping them on their ass uh, in the competition. Um, and I just wonder whether we will revert to type. We, I seem to remember, I don't think I was on the fan cast, but I think we said, yeah, this is a critical couple of weeks. So far, we've beaten Malmo. And uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that a defeat against Spurs would go down particularly well. Um, and when do we play Fulham on Sunday? Is it? Ch- yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you know that I, I, Fulham are, are, are poor, but you just know that they'll, they'll they'll turn up against us. But this game, I think, is a you know, I, I honestly think for both teams, um, an honourable draw probably does the least amount of damage for us, if you like, if we can't win. 
But if we lose, um, I, I just think the fans will forget everything that happened on Sunday if we lose, especially if we lose uh, like we did to United last week in the same sort of vein. And and that is that is a really interesting point, isn't it? I mean, that, that is a concern, isn't it, Jonathan? I mean, if it all goes Pete Tong, the one, the one team you don't want it to go Pete Tong for is against Spurs. And I feel the wrath will descend upon poor old Mr. Maurizio Sarri if that happens, won't it? I think the crowd will go bananas. If, yeah. Uh, if it um, if it goes south, and particularly if it goes south badly. Um, so, uh, but I think I said the other day, I felt the whole thing was, it depended on the next few games. Mm. And uh, Malmo was pretty easy. Um, they made a good fist of it yesterday, which we didn't think they'd do. So he, he's, he's got a kind of brownie point for yesterday. Um, but uh, no, I, I think it will be the Spurs game. And then the Fulham game, um, um, and then what, what's the is it what, what's the game after that? Is it um, uh, who are we play? Fulham. Uh, no, after Fulham. Who are we playing after Fulham? Don't know, mate. Can't remember. Wol- Wol- Wolves is the next home. Oh, it's actually. Wolves. Yeah, Wolves. Wolves at home. Yeah. But, uh, alternatively, it may be as you've said, Tony. It, it maybe that they they're going to hang on to until the end of the season. Well, I, I just think you know that that there's. Cutting, cutting your losses is not going to do anything if your season's already buggered. You might as well just um, make your preparations for next season and start really early, um, especially if you're in the hunt for another uh, another manager. But um, uh, And also, it keeps the kind of press hounds off your back if you do keep it going through. I, d- I don't know. Um, my, my bigger worry, I think, for, to, and I'll put it to both of you, is, um, you know, despite yesterday, um, uh, the, the, the reaction of the fans... The away fans and the home fans versus Manchester United has been very, very negative, and I don't think it would take very much for it to tip back. I just think, Tony, you know, if it was any other side that we're playing, mm. I think, you know, let's say, let's, I don't know, it doesn't really matter who it is, but if it was against any other side other than Spurs, if it, if they, if they didn't win, or if it was, you know, I think because of what happened on Sunday, there would be there'd still be a little bit of, you know, latitude given, but it's Spurs and. You know, you can't lose to Spurs as a, as a Chelsea manager. It's not allowed. So, you know, I, I do I do fear for his position if we if we get thumped. But I think it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens if we get a draw, which is I think what both of you are kind of hanging out for, really. You know, that will be interesting. I, I just think a draw wouldn't be a disaster. We could, you know, we no. could walk away saying, well, obviously things are still, you know, they're not as bad as we thought. I think a defeat would be. Uh, catastrophic in terms of his sentiment if you like he, he's, he's standing with the fans um uh and a win well a win would 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 maybe have people sort of like even people like me would have to lift an eyebrow and go hmm okay you know maybe we've been too jumpy I, yeah I, I i revel in having my mind change when facts change yeah, mates, as do I, as absolutely bang on. I mean, I'll say what I think, and if that's what I believe, I'll say it, you know. But I'm I'm not close-minded. If if uh, yeah, if people people and events and stuff can change my mind, and all I really care about, all I want is for Chelsea cl- uh, Football Club to do well. You know, that's all I care about. I don't care who's who's doing it. Uh, I just want him to do well. So you know, if if he turns out to be a world beater and gets us winning and playing brilliant football, I'm I'm going to be happy. You know. Um, Anyway, one thing that might stymie this, Jonathan, of course, is the transfer ban. So I'm going to talk a, a little bit about this. Um, the, the way I understand it, uh, I'm not going to go into the details of how many uh, infractions they've caused and all the rest of it, but uh, I know that they've been charged uh, and uh, 
uh, given provisionally a two window ban, which would be this summer and, and next winter. Uh, but the club are undoubtedly, in fact, I think they've already said that they're going to appeal it. And uh, on previous case history, I think Atletico Madrid and Barcelona did the same thing. And that means that while the appeal process is going on, they can't impose the transfer ban. So there's a very good chance that we'll get away with it at least this summer, possibly uh, next January as well. But having said that, there is a, a sense that I have that this couldn't really happen at a worse time for the club because there's a lot of uncertainty with the manager. There's uncertainty about Hazard. There's uncertainty about whether Hudson and Doy is going to be here. There are a lot of players who are at the end of their careers who need replacing. And there's also a huge amount of dead weight in the squad. So um, it, we could do without it, I feel, Jonathan, to be very honest. On the other hand, it might be the, uh, the perfect form that um, allows... Uh, several of the loanees to return and uh, um, and prove to everybody that they can actually cut it in the Premier League with uh, possibly the same manager or a different manager. Um, and they, uh, I, having said that, Chelsea are pretty convinced they've done nothing wrong um, and have answered every question that was given to them by uh, um, by paper. And I think apparently it's the 20, there are 22, all of which Chelsea have said were just invited over for trials and uh, haven't been paid, uh, haven't been taken on as players, contrary to the laws. So they feel they're in a pretty good position. So it may be that um, uh, they get away with it. You can be assured there'll be a large legal team working on it. Um, they're not going to let this, this, uh, this happen easily. Um, and in which case, um, UEFA then, if the worst case scenario, I think, would be one transfer window like Barcelona had. And uh, and I think Chelsea would then deal with it. But it may be a blessing in disguise. It might mean that, um, you know, Mason Mount does get an opportunity to play. It might mean that uh, Rhys James gets an opportunity to play. It might mean that, that all the other players leave and are, and are filled with this, this um, mass of supposed talent. But having said that, though... Um, or they may then buy three or four players who are who are top class and and fill the spaces. But um, at the moment, I'm not convinced because uh, lots of the lone players who'd be coming back would be players like um, um, you could actually get Morata back, couldn't you? Um, Morata, Bakayoko. God no. Um, you are yeah. you are seriously having a Steffi Graf, mate, aren't you? Our expense there a, a with that. A huge Steffi Graf, but. No, but Amorata played very well the other day for Atletico. Because he did, ball... scored a good goal, didn't he? Yeah, and the ball was put in the box a lot. And he looked a different player. And, you, you know, you wonder whether, whether he was correct. It was, it was his mentality that was the problem. He, and he, he, couldn't, he couldn't get him to play any other way. But, you know, no, I mean, Morata was a disaster for us. But, uh, um, and Batshuayi appears to be playing quite competently for, for Palace. He's not, he, once again, he's not a Sarri player. But perhaps you might find that there's a new manager... There's a space for him. I didn't think that he was a he wasn't a Conte player because he didn't think he was bright enough to to do what he wanted. But he may uh, it, it 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 depends, doesn't it, on on a variety of ifs and buts as to who's who's managing. Um, uh, are we speculating again? Once again, we are. Spe- which is what we're about. <laughs> really. We can only but speculate. But yeah, you know, I'd like to say yes. It's going to be a disaster. We're we're for it. We're going to finish. 12th will even get relegated, but it really isn't likely with Chelsea. It'll be as up and down as, as it is at the moment. It may be that Sarri's still in charge and he, he gets them all to play Sarri ball. And Tony, we can watch it together and go, look, that's how it's supposed to be played as we score another, <laughs> another three goals. The ball is... Jonathan, I'd rather we played bloody football, mate. That's all I mm. care about. 
Um, listen, mate. I think I think you're right. I think there's we don't know, do we? There's so much up in the air. But I, do you know what I thought about this when when I thought, well, let, we we ought to really talk about this. And I can't remember whether I wrote a blog about it or, or mentioned it in the fan cast a week or so ago. Could have been both. I don't know. But I I, I think that there's a you know a a good uh, plan to be made in the absence of any plan that the club have, which is you know to. Uh, I think you need at least four world-class players in a side, really, to be able to compete for the majority of the trophies. And that's usually the spine. So you need a world-class goalie, world-class central defender, a world-class midfielder and a world-class striker. At the moment, we've got two world-class players. Uh, None of them are, at the moment, playing in that spine. But hey, we've got two world-class players. So let's say we're two world-class players shy of... A decent side per se so we definitely need a world-class striker in my book and I think we need a world-class central defender and I think if we got that as a base you add that to you know some of the existing uh, players I mean I would say older wiser heads but I don't want them too old because we've got a lot of old players who I think really need to bugger off basically uh, and then you you bring some of the youth in but not all of the youth in, you might just have a good enough balance. So if they are going to have a transfer ban, basically I really think they need to splurge it on two decent players. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I mean, so I don't think they need to spend 500 million. That's the point, uh, which, of course, ain't going to happen because the club aren't going to spend that kind of money, are they, JK? No, not with uh, financial fair play and just generally their their approach to uh, to spending. But it may be, of course, if... Um, if Frank Lampard leaves uh, Derby County with uh, Jody, you've got the perfect pair to uh, to use the youth because they know all about how the youth are playing and they yeah. know all about the low knees as well. So, it, as I said, it might be a positive. Yeah, I think I think the other thing is is that you know a lot of people were getting their knickers in a twist, Tony, weren't they? And say, oh, it's the end of Chelsea. Or a lot of people were celebrating. In fact, most of the people who don't support Chelsea were, of course. But the reality is, you know, look at Atletico Madrid. I think they're a really good model to look at in some respects because they're, you know, not like Barcelona who can always buy. I mean, Barcelona did basically buy their way out of trouble over a couple of transfer windows to batten down the hatches, but. Atletico uh, are quite frugal when it comes to uh, player recruitment. And and there was no discernible change in their performance levels at all. They were still competing for La Liga and they were still going deep in the Champions League. Okay, they've got a good squad and a good manager, but you know it doesn't necessarily have to be a disaster. I think it's eminently survivable with a good bit of planning. I, I, was, um, I was one of the people who said probably no bad thing, to be honest. Um, it might force our hand a little bit. I think that's, uh, you know, maybe if it brings to an end checkbook management um, that we, we've we've kind of gone with, which has brought us immense amounts of success. Um, although it may be a bit of a, you know, I might be doing, doing a disservice to the managers who seem to have basically bugger all influence on the checkbook side of it or on the players that come in side of it. Um but it would it would enforce so either you know if you stick with Sarri or he goes you're then in a position potentially of having to put in a manager who has the the kind of ethos of bringing in and spotting and developing that talent to take it forward you know um, I mentioned and I, I half jokingly but I said you look at somebody like Gareth Southgate who was roundly criticised at Middlesbrough but obviously. Um, you know, he, he sort of got his spurs, his his boss spurs there, if you like. Well, don't take that word. 
Well, sorry, but well, no, you know what I mean. I mean, as in the cowboy kind of, you know, the oh, those those sort of things. Yeah, no, no, no. But he got his, he, he kind of earned his medals, if you like, there, he, 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 whatever. And then goes off and spends a few years in the background of England learning. He he knew, you know, I don't I don't think England's um, success in the World Cup was a fluke because he knew those young players. He knew what they were capable of. He put their his faith in them. Um, and he told them to go out and play football. He didn't play them out of position. He knew what their strengths were. He did a lot of work on it. And I think, you know, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that Southgate is the person, but somebody of that ilk could be the person to sort of take through that transfer ban and say, actually, do you know what? You're going to be successful. You've got this fantastic academy. You've got these young players that really, really, all they ever needed was that four-game chance that John Hollins said you should give players or whatever um, yeah. to prove themselves. And we're seeing the fruits of that now with Loftus-Cheek. You know, two seasons ago, we were on the fan cast saying, does anybody know where he really he plays? And then he does a little turn and spin yesterday and his confidence is there. You're seeing it with Ampadu, Callum Hudson-Odoi. I, I, I'm certainly not one of those people, you know, I always thought the best managers were the ones who didn't necessarily go in and have to spend £500 million on players. Because I'm pretty sure you or I, Chidge, or JK could do maybe not as good a job as that. But if we were choosing the players, it all becomes a bit FIFA in the end, a bit FIFA PlayStation, doesn't it, when you're doing that? I'd, I, would, I would be quite intrigued to see, again, I'll just use that Southgate example, somebody coming in and saying, right, this is what we're going to do. This is the target. It's two or three years development time. Make that public to the fans. You know, this is a change of philosophy. Um, and, and then your biggest challenge becomes holding on to those players if things work out. So you don't yep. have a club that, uh, that others can come and pick up from. Makes a lot of sense to me. Right. Okay. Oh, a few plugs while we're here. Um, lovely, 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 lovely bloke uh, called Kenny Rice, uh, and he's got an event coming up soon. Tom and Kenny are doing a fundraising night at the Star and Garter in Putney on the uh, 23rd of March, which is a Saturday. That's an international football weekend. And it's in memory of uh, Jacob Rice, who was a very young lad uh, who sadly died. And it's to support Tom and Kenny in the run-up to completing the London Marathon on April the 25th. And uh, there will be a raffle there, which is going to be great fun. Uh, and that's to raise funds for Leukemia UK and Children with Cancer, uh, the two charities that are closer to their hearts. Now, the raffle is going to be hosted by some friends of ours, the lovely Julie Elsborn and Becca Matthews. Uh, Walter Ottom will be the MC, and Tate Mix Tim has done a banging playlist for the music. All the Chelsea faces will be there, such as Mr. CFC UK, Mark Worrell, and many more besides. Sadly, though, I won't be, because um, annoyingly I've got to go to somebody's birthday party that night. But I am donating a mini... Uh, you know the Kerry Dixon banner we've got up in the uh, Matthew Harding end? I'm donating uh, a, a mini version of that, which has been signed by Kerry. So hopefully... That will be, uh, uh, you know, they'll be raffled off and people will buy lots of tickets and somebody lucky will win that. So there you go. Uh, talking of good causes, as you may have known a few weeks ago, a friend of the show and Chelsea cult hero, Mickey Thomas, who played for us in the 80s, was uh, recently diagnosed with stomach cancer and uh, has, has had an op operation uh, and he's having chemotherapy at the moment. And, uh, of course, players in the 80s didn't really earn anything like the money that players earn now. And uh, poor old Mickey won't be able to work for quite a while and he needs to work to earn money. So if you want to show your appreciation for Mickey, as I said, he's a lovely bloke, loves Chelsea, particularly the supporters, uh, you can help him out by donating to a GoFundMe campaign set up for him, which is 
in in shorthand go gofundme.com well i tell you what if you go to GoFundMe and type in Mickey Thomas fight cancer or Mickey T fight cancer, it, you'll get there. All right. So uh, coming up, we've got huge amounts of emails to read out. Oh, I think we might have to share the duties again this week, JK, because there are so many of them. Is that all right? I'd love you to read them. Okay. Right. Well, we'll be back in a second to do just that. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. You're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, it's a, yeah, kind of a good junk to say. Check out the website, ChelseaFanCast.com. Loads of great blogs on there, written by the likes of uh, Jonathan Ellis, Alex Churchill, Dean Mears, Nick Stroudley, a few others as well. Uh, check it out. Now, first email uh, is from uh, Mr. Will Power. Uh, I thought that was a song once upon a time ago. But anyway, hi, guys. Power. I think it was the name of a band. Was it? Anyway, uh I was going to, he says, right. Go your way. Oh, baby, I'll show my, uh, oh, baby, I love your way every day. Oh, really? I thought it was Peter Frampton. It was. They did a, they, they, he wrote that. They did a cover of it. They were called. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Apparently, by the way, I norsed up on last week's title saying, Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City was uh, a White Snake song. I had all these old farts on Twitter telling me it was written by some band I'd never heard of in the 60s but there you go uh that'll teach me won't it anyway right finally Will Power he says hi guys well I was going to start this email by asking who is this Italian tactician in the Chelsea dugout who was changed this team's formation successfully nullified the league leaders and sent on the right right substitutes at the right time and what has he done with Maurizio Sarri indeed for most of today's game I thought our manager might have been playing the longest of long cons gulling the rest of the league into a full sense of security by spending the season to date pretending to be an inflexible loon who could only substitute Barkley for Kovacic, or vice versa, on the 66th minute before hitting them with the perfect game plan, lighting a cigar or a fag and announcing that he loves it when a plan comes together. But I suppose instead we have to talk about Kepper. This has to be one of the most bizarre incidents I've seen on a football match, also on a football pitch. Was it all a misunderstanding? It looked like Sarri wanted to sub him regardless. Why else keep his fourth substitution unused until the last minute? But Kepper, who looks more permanently on the edge of tears, seemed an unlikely mutiny leader. Then again, maybe Captain Bly thought Fletcher Christian had all the backbone of a wet cabbage leaf right up to the moment he found himself stuck in that longboat in the South Pacific. I can picture them now, Sarri in his blue uniform and his bicorn hat, going apoplectic and, and shouting that he will see Lieutenant Kepper hang from the highest yard in Portsmouth Dock as midshipman Dave looks on. Uh, sorry, uh, actually, Jonathan, if you've got the script in front of you, you need to repeat that because I forgot that Will su- suggested that he would be grateful if Jonathan could deliver that line in the style of Trevor Howard or failing that Anthony Hopkins. I can picture him now, Sarri in his blue uniform and his bicorn hat going apoplectic shouting, he will see Lieutenant Kepper hang from the highest yard in Portsmouth Dock as a midshipman Dave looks on. 
Very good. You've just made Will very happy. It sounds like the Goon Show, not the Chelsea Fancast. I'm loving that. Right, on the subject of Dave, where was the Chelsea captain while all this was going on? I like Aspie as a player, but the fact that he didn't get involved uh, to at least relay some instructions from the bench doesn't say much for his leadership skills. I know these players are gone and were probably once-in-a-generation characters, but it's hard to imagine JT or Drogba, Ballack, Cole, to name but a few, standing passively by while that happened. I doubt we'll ever know exactly what happened. Quite understandably, there's now a party line and everybody, manager included, is very sensibly sticking to it so we can get on with the season. But it's a shame the focus will be on this rather than what I thought was actually quite an encouraging performance. Who can say if Caballero would have done any better with the penalties? Maybe Aguero's could have been saved. But up to that point, we'd been disciplined and organised. The least you should expect, I know, but traits sorely lacking over the last few weeks. And we had looked quite dangerous on the break. I feel like I'm the only. Uh, I feel like the only Chelsea fan not vehemently pro or anti Sarri. Before the game, my opinion was that if his time was almost up, and that if, that if he contribu- uh, continued to play, play exactly the same way, regardless of the opposition and suitability of the players for the formation, he had to go. Yesterday, he showed something different, and the team we finished the game with actually could be a good one going forward. I'm not saying we should have blind faith in him and his system, but has yesterday given anyone else cause to think that he may be worth persevering with, or is it too little too late? Thanks for all the great shows again this season. Best will. Kind of echoing what what we said both about the Kepper thing, Jonathan, and and also Sarri, really. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, particularly we, I'd be happy to persevere with him, but um, Tony wouldn't. So I think we're, you know, it's nice balanced, isn't it, really? So, you know. Except you would really, if you can't think of anybody else to get in. Oh yeah, I mean, I've, I've said before, you know, I don't think there's much point in changing anything now. Um, you know, just get yourself ready for next season. Um, it's, it will depend on this week, but I think the, the the captaincy point he made in there, and I'll throw another name into the hat. Actually, Rudiger, I think he would probably be a little bit more um, enforcer-like, if you like, um, on on the pitch. Mm, okay. Uh, good good email, Will. Thanks for that. Uh, Jonathan, you've got Emilio Herat. Emilio Herat. Hi, Chidge. JK. And company. If this is redundant, please feel free to skip it. But I had to send a quick mail venting my frustration at all the nappy shitting, re the Kepper controversy. When I see fools like Chris Sutton saying, Kepper should never play for us again and Sarri should walk, it does my head in. It's pundits like these that convert logical, rational fans into nappy-shitting fuckheads. I believe them both when they say they misunderstood each other in the heat of the moment. Kepper made a mistake, but he's a young goalkeeper who came for a big fee in his first final and wanted to stay in, be adults about it, have a discussion, clear the air and move on. End of. Again, sorry for ranting. On the plus side, Harry started Emerson. Lol. Great show as always. Up the Chelsea, Emilio. Great email. Tony? Yeah, yeah. I agree with everything he's basically said there, especially the bit about Kepper. He's a young goalkeeper. 70 yeah. million quid, you're not going to sack him off for that. And Chris Sutton, he's he's a gnarled, gnarly old pro who pretty much was a failure for us. He's he's entitled to his opinion. It's wrong, one, though. One goal, um, I think, he scored, didn't he? One goal for us? Yeah, I think so. I think he, 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 he was... He was pretty poor anyway but also um yeah i thought um starting emerson was a plus point he he, he he's he's shown he, yeah i mean he can cross that's the difference between him and alonso i mean the fact that there's nobody in there is a different point but he <laughs> can cross the ball in excellent all right uh, next one's from matthew whitaker 
and Matthew says, Chidge and crew, uh, this is the first time I've written uh, the fan cast, though I've been a faithful listener for a while now. But after watching today's match, I cannot find it in me to remain a silent participant. How can I not begin with what was the utter disaster of Keppergate? Watching it live, I couldn't believe my eyes. I can't claim decades as a football fan, but it was one of the most embarrassing moments I've witnessed in any sport. I can understand Kepa's initial reaction of not wanting to be subbed off, especially given that he had been fighting what appeared to be cramp. Uh, sorry, lost my place. In the closing minutes and wanted to set the record straight on his health. Um, but after the first wave off, he needed to get his ass off. I personally believe that Sarri was subbing him off for Willy Caballero, not due to injury alone. Caballero has had a great history against penalties, and this being against his former team, I thought he would have given his, us the best chance to win. And I said that even before Kepa had the howler against Aguero's pen. His theatrics on the pitch were childish, selfish, embarrassing and completely unacceptable. Sarri's reaction would have been almost fun to watch if I didn't feel like I was watching my beloved Blues crumble before my very own eyes. I swear that Sarri's walk to the tunnel was a real moment of decision for him. Call me crazy, but I think he was actually considering walking out of Wembley, out of London and away from Chelsea altogether. I'll be the first to say that I don't feel like hiring a chain that I didn't feel like uh, hiring a chain smoking trophyless manager has worked out and I do believe it's time to move on but that's not the way he needs to go apparently he thought better of it and not only walked back into the onto the pitch and gave Kepa the silent treatment uh, but he brought out the broom and swept the whole thing under the rug in his post game presser what a cruel bit of irony for Sarri the image of his tenure will be that of an arrogant, hard-headed player defying change. What's the saying about tasting your own medicine? Kepa and Sarri might just deserve each other, and both deserve to find a new club. And why was Dave nowhere to be found? I have to believe that if it were JT, or dare I say even Cahill wearing the armband, they would have confronted Kepa and corrected the situation before it blew up to the laughing stock that it became. I almost expected Louise to pick up Kepa and walk him off like a child throwing a tantrum, being carried away by his parents to the car for a spanking. And that's not even the biggest takeaway from the game. If you needed any more evidence that Sarri style doesn't work, when we finally stopped playing Sarri ball, we went toe-to-toe with a team that only a couple of weeks ago walloped us. Watching the match, I couldn't help but think of the scene of, uh, of Weekend at Bernie's, where Bernie has a cigarette in his mouth, and Larry and Richard are moving his arms as his lifeless body is reclined in a lawn chair. No Kovacic for Barkley. Instead, the subs were logical and featured uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Loftus-Cheek, and bringing on a number nine late in a game. Zappa Costa didn't even make the bench for a late-game temptation for Maurizio. Uh, it was like we had a new manager. And then there was his fourth sub. Oh, wait, I've talked myself in a circle. I feel like this rant has gone on long enough, so I'll end it here. I can't wait to make a trip across the pond for my pilgrimage to the bridge. Until then, cheers, Matt. <laughs> I've got to tell you now. I disagree with a lot of that with the Kepper and, you know, you know, some of the stuff he said in there. I agree with what he said about Dave. But you've had you've had references to two iconic films tonight, Rocky and now Weekend at Bernie's. And that that image there is that's just one of my favourite scenes of all time. That is in that film. Um, yeah, that is excellent. That is. That's maybe I'm sorry. I'm going to go on mute because I'm laughing so much. <laughs> that's brilliant. Jonathan <clears throat> Alex Woodhams evening all Woody in Brazil again I'll keep it short and sweet I think Sunday gave us our first clear glimpse of the curse that has haunted our beloved club in recent years firstly the level of effort from the players was noticeably higher I wonder where this extra effort has been hiding it upsets me to consider that players haven't tried their best for us it's also inexcusable 
Does this link with Sarri's bizarre Mr. Motivator rant? Maybe these players really are lazy and unmotivated to play for us. A particularly shocking concept to ponder when the wages we pay them are considered. Second, we saw the Sarri system work in spells against one of the top sides in Europe. However, it evidently requires high energy and application from all the players in order to function properly. Should we be blaming his philosophy or its execution? JK's been making this point for weeks, I hasten to add. Yes, I have. Third, I hope he hasn't gone by the time this reaches you lot in London. No, he's still here. But I believe we need to back this guy now. He made good subs at the weekend, and I was impressed with his tactics in a big game. Clearly, we need to stand up to the toxic prima donnas, prima donnas in our squad, and back the boss, backing the boss. I'll start again. Clearly, we need to stand up to the toxic prima donnas in our squad, and backing the boss is the first step. Up the Chelsea, Woody. Hey, I see somebody for him. You know, we've got four and against. Yeah, yeah. Polarised the supporting base, isn't he? A chip, a, a chip on both shoulders. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm with t- what Tony said earlier. You know, I, I think, you know, a knee jerk reaction to get him out is is as wrong as a knee jerk reaction to keep him in. I mean, you know, we've had one, one decent performance, which was a bit more redolent of the old Chelsea that we know and love, and we failed to bring home the bacon which we normally do. So, you know, I, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. I mean, I was ready to. I'd be honest with you, but, but I mean, I, I wasn't like knee jerking it. This has been festering for a while for me, and it's just his intransigence that did me. So the fact that he's now had a game where we play well because he wasn't being stubborn and was making the kind of changes that we were calling for, albeit not putting Kante in his right position, then, you know, I don't know. I I think he has a stay of execution, Tony. Yeah, um, and and I I honestly think... You, you change nothing. There's nobody who's going to make anything that much better now at this stage of the season. United stole a march by getting Solskjaer in. And that was probably, what, was that before Christmas or just after, whenever it was? Um, and I just think, you know, we're in we're on the cusp of March now. The season ends in two months or whatever. Um, we can't change it. Um, I, I think one of, the, one of the things I will pick up on um, is this, uh, and I think it is absolute bollocks that the players are rubbish. Um, I've said it all the way along. They won the title two years ago. They won the FA Cup last year. They are not rubbish. Okay, whatever is wrong, it is not player ability. It may be a mental thing. It may be a confidence thing. I don't know. But it certainly isn't their capability or their uh, uh, how good they are. And I, I just don't buy this complete stuff about them not wanting to go out and play for us and all that. I, you know, I, I don't believe that for a minute. I really don't. Okay. Uh, Jonathan, you'll be delighted to know that uh, I've already had an email from Will Power who says, thanks for reading out my email and thanks to JK for the great Trevor Howard impression. <laughs> How about those apples? That's what I call engagement, mate. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Thank you for the email. It was brilliant. I've done my Anthony Hopkins as well, actually. Okay, well, maybe we'll write another one next another week and you time. can do an Anthony. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, maybe have a bit of, what was it? It was a bit of Chianti with friends or something like that, isn't it? Or was it some, some beans. What was the beans that he used to eat? Barber. That's it. Barber. Yeah, okay. Right, okay, we've got another email. Email five from Gabrielle Sheffield. This is a cracking email. You're going to love this one. All right. Hello, you lovely people. Uh, I started supporting Chelsea about two years ago. The line reminded me of my grandmother's last name. Since then, it's been love, a deep and abiding love for my football club. It's inconvenient to be a Chelsea fan in America, but I never miss a game. Uh, There have been highs and lows, but I've never strayed. Lately, I find myself wanting to turn off the TV to skip games. 
The negativity of this club is on all levels. I turn to your usually cheerful podcast and all I hear are people who are depressed at the state of their club. I go onto the Chelsea fan pages and all I see are rage and grief. I'm fine with that. Things happen. People have a right to their feelings. But then I turn onto the game and the announcers barely talk about the action on the field. All they do is berate Chelsea for not using Hudson-Odoi. They tell me Hazard is going to Madrid. They bitch and moan about Kante being in the wrong position. It just makes me so tired. There is no joy in this club anymore. None to be found anywhere. We won a game in the Europa League, and of course we should not forget all the other troubles or the quality of the opponent. But didn't you see how beautiful Barkley's free kick was? Or the joy on the face of Hudson-Odoi when he scored for our club? What happened to appreciating the moments we all crave, the goals, the roar of the crowd? I'm writing this as a lament, honestly, and as a plea. Please use the power of your podcast and the reach of your fan base to bring back some joy to Chelsea. I haven't missed a game yet, but more and more it becomes harder to turn on the game. You may call me a plastic fan, and I get that. So instead of skipping games, I'm advocating for a change. Be critical of our club, but let's find some space in our heart to feel the joy of watching the Blues play. Thanks for reading. Sincerely, a sad Chelsea fan. Gabriel, oh. I think that's a, I actually think that's a brilliant email, and I'm going to tell you why. Because um, this is essentially the difference between uh, going to the games like we're lucky enough to do live and watching it on your own in the middle of somewhere in the States where you, you are in isolation and all you consume is, is a lot of the negativity that is around the club. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> we, we always call it as we see it on this show. We don't, we don't hide from anything. If we don't like what we see, we say so. And I'm not saying that that's our, that's our job to do so. We're just supporters. We've always done it. We used to do it in the pubs before any of this kind of stuff was going on back in the day. But here lies the essential difference. What we have that gives us joy when it's all shit at the club is each other. Because there's nothing the Brits like more than a good post-match moan in the pub and then get horribly drunk. Isn't that right, Tony? That's exactly what it's about. Um, I, 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 I get what he's saying. That uh, you know, that sometimes the, I, I think modern the modern game has sucked a lot of the joy out. You know, yeah. um, I think with the, the the business aspects and the sponsorship and the marketing and all that sort of stuff has taken a lot of the game away from the fans. There is a bigger disconnect between club and fans than than I can ever remember. Um, but I think the joy is there, like you said, in in isolation. If you're watching that in the states in isolation, and you're just reading Twitter feeds, etc., you lose context. You lose the context that you and I get when we get to the pub after a six-nil defeat, or after that. Remember that the first time me and you really sat down and had a pint was after three-nil at um, City had done us at Stamford Bridge, and we must have been in the pub two or three hours, and we talked politics and we talked everything. Yeah, and it was brilliant. It because it was it was almost like a balm, wasn't it, over us, over yeah. our souls afterwards. Yeah. And I think you know the fact is, Gabriel, we are Hollywood. The Premier League is the Hollywood of uh, football leagues, and we are one of the big stars of that. And and with that is you you get drama and you get everything and people, you know, um, the the the. Big bad stories, like the big bad films of, of disasters and all that, that's what sells, that's what makes the headlines, that's what, in the old sort of terms, shifts the print. Um, and the good news stories, all the good stuff we do in the community, all of that sort of stuff gets just lost. No one cares about that particularly much. We do, but you know, in the world of the media, they don't, and that's why you shouldn't get too hung up on it. And 
yes, I get his point that sometimes we can get a bit down on here. Um, but I like to think like tonight we've had some, you know, we've had some cultural references in there. We've had a, uh, we've had uh, JK doing Captain Bly, um, you know, and we, uh, that, that's the joy of the thing, isn't it? The fact that we all get together and, and do stuff like this. And I mean, that's the, that's exactly the point, uh, Tony. I mean, I feel for Gabriel, I really do. And, you know, it, it's, it, it, we're very lucky. And I, I've always said this. I said that, you know, for me, uh, the one irreplaceable thing about the football is the company, is the people I go to it with mm. and the laugh I have before and after in the pub. Um, and I mean, that actually started, you know, way, way, you know, when we weren't very good, you know, because it was it had to be an antidote to the football and the negativity around the club. I and mean, if you think back, you know, to kind of the early 80s, Gabriel, uh, we were in a very similar situation in some respects to we are that we are now. There was uncertainty about the ownership. There was an uncertainty about the ground being redeveloped. We were going through monstrous transitions. In fact, it was worse then because we had a very shit team and an even worse manager and we were basically bankrupt. I mean, they were going around with buckets with Save the Bloody Bridge on it, you know. So you had to find your joy in a different way because you weren't going to get it kind of directly with the football club. So you found it in each other. And, and, and that's, I think, in, for many of us, that, that, that tradition continues, doesn't it, Tony? It does, absolutely. And you almost feel... Um, look, I, I hate watching... Had I been on that on my own in the house yesterday, I might well have just recorded the game and skipped it. You know what I mean? Because I'd be on my own and I'd just be getting myself more and more wound up, or whatever. But everyone was there, family. We're all sitting down watching it. Grandchildren, you know, are there as well. Um, and it becomes like a, it's your, almost like your family thing, isn't it? You 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 find that kind of, you know, it, it's easier to go and watch your team lose. 5-0 at home when you're with 40,000 other people who feel exactly like you do you know um, and it, it, you, you get the gallows humour that comes out of it or whatever you get the great songs like <clears throat> we're shit and we know we are or, or we're going to lose 6-0 or whatever it is you know that sort of stuff is that, that's what it's all about it's, it, it, it is it's what you said it's it's the com- camaraderie camaraderie well you get. As Stuart, as Stuart Kinner said on, on, on Mixler, it's, it was far worse than the times I was talking about, and he's right. But yeah. that's where the adage was, you know, football is a great day out with your mates ruined by 90 minutes of football. Indeed. And that can still be true now. Uh, Jonathan, we've got a great email from Ollie Garber. Good old Ollie. Hi, Chidge, Jonathan. Really enjoying listening to the podcast, especially in turbulent times like this for the club. I just wanted to email to explain my complete lack of faith in the current Chelsea side. Mm. I can't put my finger on what it is in particular. Not sure if it's Jorginho getting man-marked out of the games that is causing it, but we just don't create as many chances in games as we've done in the past. For the first time in a long time, I have little faith in the team's ability to come back. If we'd previously gone a goal down or even two, I'd complete faith in the team to pull something back. This is something I don't have in the same way. I like the way we could eventually end up playing under Sarri. A part of me doesn't want him to be back based purely on our history of doing this. But is this a good enough reason? I feel like I've lost that hope that I previously had in the team to be able to turn things around. And for me, this is not a nice feeling at all. I've been to several cup finals over the past 10 years. I've got tickets to go again this time. This is the first final I really feel like we don't have much of a chance at all of winning, especially if Sarri doesn't make any changes. What do you guys think? Ollie Garbutt. I think we've answered it, Ollie. Yeah. Uh, we've gone through all of that. He's yeah. um, got a good point about the... Um, we, we do seem to be a bit... The, there was a time... Uh, it just go back to the sort of glory days of Mourinho's first 
um, tenure uh, where you know even if the other if it was nil nil with half an hour to go and the other team scored you would still look at the other team and think oh, you, you've peaked a bit early there and, and we thought you know because you kind of always had that faith that we'd get back in the game and that's gone but maybe the game has changed and maybe that's the same for every other team now spot on all right this is a great uh, short but sweet email from an old mate of ours one of the fan cast's earliest listeners, as I recall, from the wonderful uh, Robert Delcini, also known as Bobby D, who uh, <coughs> lives in Melbourne. He's an ex-Pat Brit. Been over many. He came out with him, uh, Tony. Came out. He came to sit on the uh, fan cast when we used to do it in Putney on the benches, and we all went out with a for a curry. And we had canners with us. He'd been on the show, so we all went out with canners and got drunk and had a curry. Those are the good old days, mate. Anyway, he says hi. Uh, or good day, possibly. Just wondered if you could give us an update on some of the old podcasters. Ross, Dr. Mark, Sheltel, the Normans and Darren Mantle. Do you still see them at the games or socially? How are they going? Thanks, Bobby D. Well, uh, I can tell you. I haven't seen Ross for a while. Ross has uh, got himself married to a lovely lady and he's uh, a little bit disappeared off the scene. Dr. Mark uh, is now living in Henley. He got married, so he's uh, living down there so and he can't work the technology to do the podcast like this so that was the end of mark Cheltel was away out of the country for a while he's now back i believe he's in the west country somewhere uh and then and then the normans which is Stu, uh chris and phil well i was actually at the cup final yesterday with both Stu and psycho phil uh and in fact i worked it out i think that was the 10th or 11th final that we've all been to together because I always go to the finals with them, uh, which is some achievement, isn't it? In fact, Stuart said another great post. He said, if you feel down, sort out the pick of JT with all of those trophies, then realism will remind you that you've been at every one. And, and that, that made me think of that. But I nearly always go to the finals with those guys, so I'm still in touch with them. And Darren Mantle um, is uh, also married. He's got a young baby daughter, I believe. So he's few and far between seen at the bridge and i do see them uh, i mean you know darren's been at a game this year Stu's nearly at every game i haven't seen the others at a game recently but socially i also still keep in touch with them uh, they were all invited to my uh i had a 25th wedding anniversary party back in september and uh they were all invited and dr mark turned up uh the normans chris and Stu turned up and darren couldn't make it cheltel couldn't make it uh, Ross was there, Dr. Mark was there, as I said. So, uh, yeah, mate, I still keep in touch with them. Um, but, you know, life changes. They've all moved on to do different things. And uh, clearly the podcast is much better for it. No, 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 I'm only joking about that. Um, I, I love them to death. And uh, they're still great mates. But, you know, life changes. And, you know, sometimes you, you you don't always stay at the football. You know, life gets in the way, doesn't it, JK? Just about, just a bit, yes. yes I've got a very accommodating... Uh, partner who allows me to watch all football that I want, mm. and I as have I, and I take my hat off to her as a, as a consequence. Right, shall I read this uh, this one? Yes, please. Sim. <clears throat> Firstly, thank you for all the hard work that you do, Chidge and the gang. I'm originally from London, but four years ago I moved to Los Angeles to launch a tech startup. Must be very rich. I used to regularly go to games before I left. There was a massive void in my life without my Chelsea family. And I can't express enough how much the podcast has made me feel right at home from 10,000 miles away. 
great. I'm a member of the LA Blues, and those guys are great. But as you know, it's just not the same. For example, we watched the Chelsea versus Liverpool game at a Liverpool pub a few months ago, and the American scousers were giving it all that you ain't got no history, which I found to be ironic considering their 100-year-old Yank accent lacks the history to be even singing that song. Lol. I digress. I wanted to offer a slightly different angle on things. I'm going to avoid the Kepa debate because I'm sure that will be the focus of the cup final fallout, which is a shame because the performance has been overshadowed. When we got to extra time, even if we went on to lose, I was immensely proud of my Chelsea team. <coughs> they played their fucking hearts out on that pitch. Win or lose, all we want to see is some passion and pride in the bag. And on another day, without that plonker of a referee, Kante would have been given that, that free kick and the defender would have seen red for being the last man. Also, the fantastic ball from RLC putting Hazard through wouldn't have been called offside. I didn't feel depressed after the game. In fact, I felt relieved that there may be a light at the end of this dark hole we've created for ourselves. In conclusion, I think as fans, we've developed some bad habits. Whenever things don't go our way, we immediately want the managers sacked. Well, this is something Chid, you've been talking about, isn't it? This trigger-happy reaction is a result of the club's policy when it comes to managers, and that attitude has trickled onto the terraces. Now, I'm as guilty as anyone of this after the 6-0 slaughtering by City. I demanded Sarri's head, and for good reason. But as fans, we also know that if we make enough noise at the stadium and on Twitter, the club will ultimately fold to the pressure, whether we're right or wrong. This becomes a vicious cycle of revolving managers. The club are attempting to change the culture of the team and how we play. If anyone has been in a management role, changing the culture of the business isn't easy when you have a lot of dead weight who don't like change. So this was never going to be an easy task, and it certainly wasn't going to happen overnight. Like it or not, City, Liverpool, and dare I say it, the Spuds, have all excelled past the Jose <coughs> blueprint, past the Jose blueprint that our footballing identity has been built on. Change is needed, and I think I'm ready to roll the dice with Surrey after yesterday's performance. With that said, we could lose one Wednesday, and my hypocritical nature will probably be saying, sack him, core blimey. Anyway, I wanted to get your take on this and the long-term goals of the footballing identity versus short-term growing pains. Thank you for reading this. You're all Chelsea legends in my eyes. Up the Chelsea. Kieran from L.A. Smiley face. Very good, Kieran. I think once again, I think we've uh, we've we've debated all of this, haven't we? Really? Um, um, yeah, I think yes. You're absolutely right about the uh, the VAR business because, in actual fact, the Lions made a dreadful mistake putting his flag up. Yeah. Let the let the let it run through to its conclusion because in in Kane's instance, if you remember, um, Kane the flag was put up, but uh, he carried on and and the penalty was given. So yeah. basically. Hazard should have carried on and scored, but it, but everybody had stopped. So I suppose I don't know how you deal with that. It was a, a ridiculous VAR moment. And I mean, everybody's been saying the linesman made a dreadful error, but I don't quite know what you're supposed to do as a linesman when you, you're well, used to it, it, giving it yeah. side, you know. It's, it's very clear that they're, they're supposed to have been briefed on it. And that is, yeah, you let the passage yeah. of play finish. Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, if there's there's doubt and there must have been doubt because it was clearly level uh, this is yeah. this is my thing the, the yeah. rules are that if you're level you're on side and and it was a beautiful move and and you know so in effect the rules is a misinterpretation of the rules but he should have let it play then the referee says that we need to 
just check that. We need to get a, whatever. Um, so it's not a fault of VAR. It's a fault. It's a fault. It's not a fault of, of VAR or VAR. It's a fault of you know the linesman um, not understanding uh, the, the the correct process. I think he just reacted as if you know, as if he temporarily forgot that VAR was there. I'm going to call yeah. that because um, Hazard was so fast as well. He, he boom, span. He was away. I think it's so, something they've got to learn. They've got to yes. learn to apply it to VAR, which they'll be able to do because it'll be there all the time. But um, yeah, at this stage, he just made a mistake, the linesman, unfortunately. So, yeah. yeah, indeed he did. All right, last email of the night, believe it or not, is uh, from Mark Cole. And he says, hi, this is probably not the best way, actually, because he sent this to me via Facebook, and I just about caught it, which is very unlike me. But anyway, he says, hi, this is probably not the best way to contact you, but I couldn't find the mail address on the site and got lazy. So here we go anyway. I'm a relatively new listener to your show and podcast in general, and have just listened to your most recent show. Uh, during the show, you discussed interim managers and potential replacements. I was wondering why are Chelsea obsessed with interim managers? Would it not be wiser to get someone you intend on keeping in as soon as possible so they can assess the squad strengths and weaknesses, the youth system, try different tactics with the squad and know what they want or need before the summer to make moves early in the market as opposed to last-minute appointments and buys? Really enjoy the show keep up the good work well mark uh, mark it's a very it's a really good theory that and i and i yeah. agree with you if you if you could get them in now then you would absolutely uh, be able to do all the things that you suggest which would be for the betterment of the club next season the trouble is unless you're incredibly lucky you're not going to get anybody decent now because they're already employed so you kind of have to wait to the end of the, well, you kind of start needing to do some of the groundwork now but you can't really nab them off they're, they're not going to come mid-season usually uh, not the not the good ones, and that's no. the trouble, right, Tony? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say you've got, um, you know, you've potentially got one outstanding candidate with with Zidane out of work at the moment, um, who would, which is why he's been linked. Yes, and and and, uh, and would no doubt take a fair bit of persuading to do it. But the fact is, Sarri's in the job. Um, there isn't a vacancy. You don't know behind the scenes they may be doing it. But the the normal process is is to to say to just in in an example like this, to say to Zidane, would you be prepared? Yes, I'm prepared to come, but not until the the end of the season. You know, so they watch from afar or whatever, and they work in in the background or whatever, and then you do it. I I, I you know it is very rare for. In the Premiership, for managers to swap between teams. I mean, Leicester, Leicester just got rid of Pure, haven't they? So it's talk about Brendan Rodgers going there or whatever. But you know, is he is he in a cushy little number up in Scotland? Is he going to want to do that? So I, I don't think it's just Chelsea that are. It's very rare for a permanent appointment to be made mid-season. J.K., you you, you must agree with that, don't you? Surely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you know, completely. Well, it's 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 who's available and who they want. To yes. Get, you know, I mean, that's uh, why they always have a. A temporary because it'll be somebody that so it's unlikely that anybody they want uh, would be free or even then they'd have to be negotiating the terms wouldn't they yes I mean, exactly Dan's free but he's and it would probably take an eternity to find out what he would want with his team so they will they'll wait till the summer um and if they wanted Frank Lampard they'll have to buy him out of his contract with Jody so that's not going to happen until the end of the season so uh when is it I tell you Blanc is available is yeah so he might be somebody they could stick in if necessary. I think that's that's a feasible suggestion, actually, Blanc, because he was um, uh, very well received, wasn't he? he? Yes, he was, and he exactly he he, he interviewed well, didn't he? According to uh, to Blue Squirrel, yeah. um, but um, uh, I don't know if they're the, the the kind of football they play. I think it's a little bit um, 
it's it's mostly defensive. Uh, it's it's the class of of manager. Remember, we are an elite club, despite what everybody seems to believe. And um, we and uh, we need to get an unbelievably top manager in, um, or somebody we think can make us maintain the heights. And this is, I think, one of the problems with having Sarri in, or having the whole process of somebody being got rid of if we don't succeed, because we're used to being top four and uh, uh, and challenging for for titles and cups, and that's. Mm. That's the way we. That's the way the club's been for 15 years, and we've been unbelievably fortunate to be involved with the club for uh, so uh, uh, so um, achieving as Chelsea in the past yeah. 15. Years. Been wonderful. Indeed. Well, I hope that uh, answers all of your questions, people. Um, a lot of emails today. It's brilliant. I love all that, and uh, thanks to Jonathan for allowing me to share. Uh, reading them, you know, with him. I mean, I just kind of there's so many. It, it would I don't want to kill Jonathan's voice. He's probably got to work tomorrow. Anyway, if you want to uh, documentary tomorrow, change. Well, there you go. It's a bit like a documentary reading these out. Anyway, if you do want to send an email, the best thing to do really is to email chelseafancast at gmail dot com, and you need to really do it before Monday. Uh, Kieran uh, Kieran was lucky that uh, he sent it a bit late, but I just happened to be tinkering around with the script, so he got it in. But, you know, ideally, Sunday night, really, that's that's preferable. Uh, but if you send them in, we'll read them. It's that simple. We don't care. Uh, we'll do it anyway. So there you go. Now, another way to do it, in fact, uh, which is a, quite a sneaky way to do it, is uh, to send me a message on Patreon, on our Patreon site. And uh, what is that, I hear you ask? Well, it's basically a website kind of thingy where you can sign up, or it's an app, you sign up and you contribute a certain amount of money every month to, to kind of, you know, support what we do. I mean, you know, it doesn't really how much you you'd contribute, you know, large or small. We don't mind. As little as you want, much as you want. A bit like, you know, chucking, uh, chucking uh, a pound at the famous, infamous uh, Only a Pound, you know, for the fanzine. So, you know, we do various amounts of shows a month, you know, 50p a pound. I don't mind. But there are benefits to this because you can get hold of me much more quickly and there are... I tend to announce things to you lot before I announce them to anybody else. And there's a, you know, I'm going to, I've got some ideas for the Kerry mini banners for you. And also actually Kenroy, the the, the main man in, uh, in St. Lucia suggested something brilliant actually the other week, uh, which we used to do years and years ago, kind of father website really. But, uh, uh, he suggested, why don't you do a WhatsApp Chelsea fancast WhatsApp group, uh, and then the people who are overseas can WhatsApp us and we can put updates on there during the matches and things. And I quite like that idea. And the reason I like it is because it's private. I cannot stand doing these bloody video things that everybody seems to be doing and, and taking videos at the ground and all of that. I'm too busy watching the Flaming Match to be doing that stuff. And anyway, I don't like looking like a bigger dick than I already am. Um, but something like WhatsApp, which is private, uh, I kind of like the idea of that. Uh, you know, no problem with that at all. So I'll have a think about that and then maybe just keep it to the Patreon members. That would be a good idea. Anyway, Patreon, uh, as I said, you can donate whatever you want. It's easy to find. Patreon, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. So there you go. Uh, more on that later, obviously. Now, Chelsea Supports Trust, join the trust, get your voice heard by the club. Free to join up to be a member, but if you want to have a badge and if you want to be able to vote in the meetings, uh, sorry, vote for the elections and attend the meetings, and it's five English pounds a year. Uh, and you can sign up at, at support chelseasupporterstrust.com, uh, which means you can come to all the meetings and any events that we do and uh, join in the vote and uh, make your voice heard. That's what it's all about. Follow them on Twitter, at Chelsea S Trust. 
And last but by no means least, uh, the CPO, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim it is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will forever remain playing football at Stamford Bridge. And to find out how to buy a share, email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and follow them on Twitter at pitch owners. So there you go. One final uh, mini shout out uh, before we go is to say well done to uh, Dave uh, Johnson, CFC UK and only uh, and uh, we are the shed because uh, they clearly were listening to the Friday night uh, love sports show we did, Jonathan, because they had a wonderful tribute in the form of a banner to all of the scorers in Chelsea's League Cup final wins. And, of course, that was our quiz question on the show last Friday, wasn't it? It's brilliant. Isn't that brilliant? Brilliant. Yeah, they must have been listening. But they can't have been, actually, because they would have had to have done that way before. So, well done them. Brilliant stuff. Right, we're on the home straight. It's almost time to go. It's been a bit of a long one tonight. Apologies that we've all waffled on a long time. But uh, you can... uh, Get CFC UK, who I've just mentioned, Dave, from the match uh, on a match day from any of the sellers on a match day, home or away. And, of course, you can subscribe if you can't get it in person and you can get it digitally by going to cfcuk.net. If you're in the, in the States, uh, follow them on Twitter, at cfcukusa. And if you're interested in getting a copy, uh, you can always contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter, at dlundberg underscore. That is all we've got time for tonight. We'll be back next Monday, the 4th of March, talking all about the fallout from the matches against Spurs and Fulham this week. Uh, And as ever, I will be joined by Jonathan and uh, we'll have Alex, the girl who likes balls, Churchill, on the show. Don't forget to tune in to the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport Radio on Friday between 7 o'clock and 9pm. And uh, I will be there with Jonathan and Clayton Beerman and Aaron Paul. And uh, we will look back at the Spurs match on Wednesday and uh, we'll look ahead to the... Yeah, we will. Okay, okay, okay. All right. And we look ahead to the match against Fulham on Sunday. And of course, we'll be talking all things Chelsea. And as Jonathan said, very concerned, we haven't had many calls for a while. What have you been up to? Dudes, get on the phone, man. That's the whole point of doing a bloody radio show. You can phone us up and tell us how stupid we are and what utter rubbish we talk. We love that. Do it. Phone in, join in the show, debate with us live. The number to call is 0208 70 20 558. And, of course, you can get uh, Love Sport Radio uh, on Medium Wave 558 and uh, DAB. You can get it on Alexa and uh, all the usual... Oops, I should never have said that because she's just woken up. Anyway, you can also listen to Love Sport Radio through Radio Player TuneIn or Love Sport Radio. Uh, the show is available as a podcast shortly afterwards, of course, as are all of our shows. And you can find them on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as all other podcast distributors. Now, you can follow the show on Twitter at ChelseaFanCast, me at Stanford Chiz, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, and Tony at UK. And, of course, check out the website, ChelseaFanCast.com. Massive thanks to the bloggers who put stuff up on there. So there you go. Uh, last but no leans least lovely to see so many people in Mixler tonight brilliant to see you all in there had a lot of fun uh, watching your comments and uh, seeing what you had to say and contribute lovely to see so many of you in there we do love all that Tony hello mate brilliant to have you on the it's show mate. A, always lovely cracker, to have you on enjoy, um, and you know but next time can we pick a more exciting week well, I, I can't. We can't. You know, we can't. Lit, you know, we can't litigate for that, can no. we? I mean, you know, if Chelsea play shit, they play shit. If they play well, they play well. Yeah. What are we supposed to do? Exactly. Yeah. Slow news week. It is. Well, yeah. Exactly. I know it's dreadful tonight. Hardly anything to talk about at all. 
yeah. All right, mate. I'll see you soon. Hopefully, yeah, so you take I'll, care. I'll, you look I'll, after I'll yourself. You, are you up there on Wednesday? Wednesday's a tough day for you, isn't it, to get there? Well, it is, but I'm going anyway. I've bunked off work for the afternoon. But if I'm still feeling like shit or worse, I might be a casualty. Yeah. But my intentions are to go. Yeah, so I'm, I'm and I'm going there. to see. The, yeah, and I'm going to see the ruts on uh, Thursday yes. night. So that'll be cracking. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Jonathan, well done, mate. Lovely stuff. Uh, you, I think you've all done very well. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Grace. The young... Or, young Mr. Grace. Yes. Indeed. Or as uh, Arivero has just said, I wonder who Arivero really is, but he's just said something which is a bit of a love sport in joke for us, which is, thank you for your contribution, matey. Uh, yes. yes. Mate, I'll see you on uh, on Friday for love sport. Well done, Tony. Looking f- yeah, looking forward to that as ever. Right, you lot. Brilliant to see you all. We'll see you next week. Don't forget Friday's show. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.